Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 177. As you may be able to tell if you're a regular listener by my voice already, I'm a little under the weather this week. A little bit. Um, been fighting it since, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday, and it felt exactly the same as when I had COVID, so I COVID tested, and it's not COVID, so that's good. Yeah, but that's not always... Seems to be rearing its ugly head ar- again around here. Mm-hmm, a little bit. But yeah, it just felt like uh, the same as when I did have COVID, because I never had fever or body aches, just like felt like I had a cold and a headache that is pretty much nonstop. But you just got to test your taste and smell. That's it. Yeah, I didn't lose any smell this time like I did the first yeah, time. Yeah, so at least there's that. So we're back down here to talk about some more wrestling. Another week has passed, and it's Friday night, pretty late, getting a late start here, but we've got plans tomorrow. You've got a scheduled, organized trip to a mall of a fair distance from us, almost an hour away. Large mall. With three of your buddies, two of which no longer attend the same school and moved out of the area, so you don't get to see them as often, so that'll be nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you'll get up to trouble there, and then we're going to try and get you to a movie, I think. What movie are you seeing, by the way? The Marvel one I don't want to see. Oh, I, I was afraid you were going to see the same movie th- a third time, that other one. I would honestly rather do that. So on a scale of 0 to 10, how much are you looking forward to this? One. One. Now, is it because the other guys want to see it? Well, it's just we, there's nothing we always better. do that. But you we just always see always it. See it's what you do. One, yeah. And honestly, if it's terrible, you'll have fun ripping it anyways. I guess. There's value to me. In, in theory. Yeah, there's value there. Possibly. Uh, so, and then in the evening, we have... At least I will. I guess you won't be there because you're going out. But depends um, how late we are, I guess. Yeah, there's down the street. We always talk about our street has a bunch of stuff organized. So it is the ugly Christmas sweater party down at the other end of the street. So I'll be heading out there with your mother, your brother, probably for a bit. Probably. And I, it's funny. I'll t- sorry, not to totally shift gears here, but you just had wrestling figures in your hand. So and I was telling you, I'm looking forward to the trivia this week. Um. Those figures might come in handy for the trivia. I'll say that. Why is it one of them? No. Is it figures? Just figures in general, not those specific ones even. Seth, Seth Rollins? No. So uh, anyways, that. you'll see. But yeah, we will do some trivia in between talking about AEW Dynamite, some other wrestling. Um, and then we'll... Do you have figuring stuff this week? To no. End? Nothing in figuring? I don't think so. No. Might be a short... Why do I even say that? No, don't bother, because yeah. we have to talk about deadline. So And no no matter what, we're always an hour and a half to two hours. So you, Honestly, you just sound like an idiot. I know. That's why, point, I stopped, you just sound like that's why I stopped myself. It's just this false time. advertising It is at this rate. So It is. So, I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to discuss? Bantery? I saw that movie again. I guess we kind of mentioned that. Yeah, you saw the same movie twice. Uh, new Hunger Games one. Actually... Exactly a week later, which your, was the funny part. Your aunt is wondering. Wait, if, was that this week or was it last? No, yeah, I think it was this week. Your aunt no, is wondering if you want to see the Von no, Eric one that's coming out. Yeah, we probably will. Yeah, right. So on well, Christmas I think she break, might want to take you or something over the break. Yeah, you should come see that. I guess. Yeah, I probably would just for something to do. Yeah, even though I've been over the Von Eric story a bunch of times, I think I watched. I'd say we'd review it, but I don't want to sit in there and take notes, and there's no way I'll remember enough to talk about it. No, maybe it, if it's out somewhere, we could do that. But definitely not. Yeah, like on a watch at home, you mean? Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, we did No Holds Barred, so I can't imagine doing this would be that bad. No Holds Barred was a classic. What are you talking about? That was great. I was just saying to you that we should review something really something crappy really bad. again. Because like, um, you want to punish did, me? 
WWE, ECW's December, just remember we did no holds barred. We I was did. thinking maybe, honestly, if the NXT thing isn't working, we could do old WCW, like late WCW. I told or you. Or I was thinking we could switch the good gold days to just doing TakeOver so that it kind of goes faster. It's not as. But again, long. I need the network. To yeah. Work. So for so. either of these things, it's going to be a little tricky, but we are trying to do something. I still haven't been able to access the network. So I've expressed those frustrations many times. So I won't go back into it, but. Network in Canada, no good. Can only watch what's on the channel. Can't pick what I want. Which was, what was it earlier? Because nothing works. I don't know. I keep seeing, like, in the mornings, um, WD Untold, uh, Goldberg's Undefeated Streak. So fun. So I've seen the tail end of it twice, and I've seen one the one time I saw a bit more of that. Who broke the streak? Kevin Nash with Correct. the cattle prod. They booked himself, right? Probably. He claims not. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. He, okay, he Kevin Nash. Not. Uh, but anyways, I, mean, I don't he know. Did, didn't, I think he claimed just Hogan and Bischoff, which, I mean, if you're going to claim course. someone else, that's not a bad claim, though. Right. So. Totally believable. Yeah. But anyways, I'm uh, hoping to get through this and get to bed and feel better tomorrow. So let's start talking about some wrestling in our first segment every week where we take a look at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors. All right, ratings-wise, this week's NXT... Average 626,000 viewers down 5%, earned a 0.19 in the key demographic, up 5.6%. Ready? Here it is. Second lowest audience total for the show since July 4th. Meaningful or not? Great American Bad. No, because that was a PLE, so. Uh, Went head-to-head with the quarterfinals of the NBA in-season tournament, which, if you care, I'm a rabid NBA fan, and I'm enjoying the in-season tournament. AEW Dynamite averaged 823,000 viewers, down 4.3%, earned a 0.25, down 13.8. Lowest rating the show has done since October 25th, which was the opening week of the NBA season. Ties the third lowest rating Dynamite has done in that category all year, so not no good. great for either company this week. Not terrible, but nothing amazing either. I would say another light news week, but what do you yeah, have for us? Yeah, very light week. Um, the main thing I got was that Kyle Riley's reportedly been backstage at AEW lately. Or now I've got one less. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's probably the best thing I found this week just because we love Kyle Riley. We do. Good Canadian boy. He, so what I found too, so he's been out of action for more than a year, right? Since and like, I think his last match was, remember, against Mox right before Forbidden Door. Yes. And in an Instagram post, apparently on Thursday, he said, quote, might, he might be a wrestler again by the Canadian tour. Yeah, we get, we're getting uh, Diamond back in Toronto, so we'll probably head up there right. again. So since June 2022, and he was neck fusion surgery, right? Mm. So it'd be great to have him the back. big one. So that leads into my first news story, actually, where AEW announced eight Canadian dates for 2024. Oh, I should have taken that. Just, that didn't even come to mind. So it includes combined Dynamite Rampage tapings as well as collision dates. So no pay-per-views, which is a we little We got screwed out of Forbidden Door again. So I that, mean, in theory, there's more pay-per-views so that could be announced later on maybe it's just like because this is what it was it's early 2024 i'm pretty sure right like i'll hold on, i'll pull up the post really fast just so we can talk about that for a second but okay so here it's ottawa it is, quebec city toronto london yeah so march 16th is ottawa uh canadian tire center for collision which is our country's Mid. capital right although like last time if tickets end up being like eight dollars because no one wants to go i'll try and go again to ottawa 
Not Ottawa, no. Heck no. London. But is there a collision in London? London, London or Toronto would be possible for It's us. weird because, well, I would love to go to the Toronto one because that's where we were the first time. But the March 20th is Toronto Coca-Cola Coliseum, which is where the first Canadian we Dynamite there. was. Yep. We were there. We were at the first um, one ever. March 27th is Quebec City. Then they're going to London for collision on March 30th, which is weird if they're going Ontario, Quebec, London. Or sorry, which is back to so Ontario. So those London collision tickets could get real cheap, I have a feeling. That's Quebec? London? Or so, or so you meant the London one? Yeah, probably. Then Winnipeg, uh, Diamond Rampage, April 10th. Edmonton for Diamond Rampage, May 8th. May 11th is Vancouver Collision and Calgary, July 10th for Diamond Rampage. So it's like the first half of the year. So there might, I feel like, the, uh, would they announce Forbidden Door separately? No, because they announced it like the, with the whole tour last year. So maybe yeah. like, fingers crossed. I mean, it's highly unlikely because it's not like we get a pay-per-view every year. But um, if we get one, maybe we could get one of the latter ones like just spinning off because obviously we have like full gear worlds and yes wrestle dream but I, now I, that I there's doubt 12 there's now that there's gonna be 12 yeah there's a lot of potential i guess there's that yep uh what else do you have i only have a couple more i think um w officials are reportedly high on the grayson waller austin theory team on smackdown really also saw grayson waller almost got attacked at a house show like a fan tried to attack him. i heard they're a team i haven't they probably are a heat magnet i guess right would be the theory <laughs> no no pun intended didn't well, even mean that one i don't know because no one really cares about theory anymore no but i don't know waller is good i think in the in theory okay it's a wow it's a good tag team though because they like just on paper it fits they could do a really effective douchebag tag team for mm-hmm. sure i've heard there's plans to push them through wrestlemania season so we'll see about that but like on paper they definitely make sense together so. i think so too i guess we'll see where that goes i mean they do need tag teams so if they can build them as an effective effective one then and not just make it two solo guys yeah like because they could be a good team if they actually i think so too so i think this is my second straight year doing this the new nil recruiting class is always fun mid now what does it stand for next in line okay so you know what's funny is someone told me it also or instead of what they actually mean is name uh name image likeness which is like when they sign over all of your stuff like they own the rights to your name image and likeness Anyways, uh, ready? Here we go. Adam Berghorst, six foot seven, two hundred sixty pound baseball player. Baseball, not that, that common. That's a weird one. Snuck yeah. through there. That's a weird one. Bailey Humphrey, five ten <laughs> acrobat. That's a funny name. Not okay. a surprise. That, yeah, a female. Sorry, sorry checks out. Female. Darcy Khan. I think if they don't give the weight, it's a woman. Because the men all have the weight. Beside oh, you them. don't know. Uh, Darcy Khan, track and field, five foot seven. Desmond Coleman, track and field, 6'4", 250. Uh, we've got Grace Stevens, track and field, 5'5". Five, five. Lots of track and field these days. Another track and field, Jeremy Cody, 6'7", 220. Big boy. And why are these people coming to wrestlers? It's so weird. A football player, Josh Piercy. Okay. Six, there, that's, there you go. That's normal. Took yeah. us. We got way down well, the list this year who's before done we. football? What? Ron Simmons, I think, did. Roman's done it. Brock's done it. Pat tons. McAfee's done it. Corbin's done it. Still haven't hit Bunch a amateur wrestler yet. That's weird. That's weird. So Piercy is 6'2, 245. Callie Terza, track and field, 5'4. Why? Why so much track and field? That's a weird one. Lucas Davidson. Uh, wrestling, there you go, ding, 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 6'2", 235. I'd like to see someone make track and field their gimmick, like Kalani Jordan does with gymnastics, because <laughs> I don't, like, what, are they going to, like, start running? Or, Sprinting, like, wear spikes, bring, like, a starting block and put Bring a, a javelin or something, yeah. or, like, uh, one of those high jump poles. Yep. Oh, like, beat Drew McIntyre with his sword, but it's a high jump pole. Exactly. Oh, high jump into the ring. Pole vault, you mean. 
pole vault, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. Pole vault. Yeah, pole vault into the ring instead, like you know, Sin Cara's nice. thing. Yes. Do that. Perfect. And like, but and it's, it's a weapon when you turn heel too. And it's a weapon, but then it's also like legitimate because instead of having this weird little stupid trampoline, you just pole vault into the ring. That okay. I actually would like to see that. So if we got a pole vault, I would actually. Plus the like figure to would that. be cool. You'd get a pole vulting pole. Yeah, it might. Cool. Uh, where they leave off? Bowman Zahid. Football player 6'5, okay. 295. Yep. Yep. Big football makes football, sense. Just football. Gymnast Serena Linton, 5'2. Gymnast Skyla Schulte, 5'2. Uh, a cheerleader, Slane Glover, 6'1, 205. Slane's interesting. Name. Steven Buchanan, a wrestler, 6'200. So I don't know why I'd bother. We don't know any of them, but it and fills some time care. in the news. It, do- I don't have it much. does. They'll probably all be. Amount to pick your breakout star from the list. It's gonna be whoever's name you remember. Go. Slain. Slain. You're saying Slain Glover from that's Ohio State. That's the only one I could think of. Okay, that's good. I'll take Cali Terza because I like the name the best. That's not fair. I that's can't my see breakout. The, I can't next see the breakout list. star. I, this was breaked. Yep. Um, and then anything else? I only have one more. The only one I have was Deion Pross is gonna be a free agent in weeks. Uh, yes. Our contract expires early 2024. Bring her to AEW and push the heck out of her. <laughs> you can dream. One of those two things could happen. The first part. The first part. The second part, probably not. That's the tricky part. They only have room to push like one or two women at a time. So get in line, I mm-hmm. guess. Or instead of pushing, the, and this will be, a, I'll talk about this later. Instead of pushing the ones you have there, you bring one back and immediately throw her into a high profile. But um, Serena the only should have been her. The well, old- I was joking to you because that Supreme Britt Baker figure is everywhere right now. Everywhere. It's like she's not on TV, so why would you want her? Right. Uh, the only thing I have is apparently WWE is considering calling up someone from NXT. Did you see this? Who would it be? Okay. Uh, give me some hints. Let's do- I'll, I'll- um, a veteran, not, not not old, a young veteran. Corbin. No. Oh, the dyad. No. Young veterans. Yeah. No. No, I didn't even mean that. <laughs> uh, who's in NXT? I who's recently had ties to main roster people? What, the cousins? F- formed a tag team with them, even. The cousins? The cousins? Who are the cousins? Curio and... No, 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 sorry. Just a single. Came from UK. Um. Wow. Who Tyler, Tyler Bate. Bate? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, and the report adds that size isn't considered that much of a big deal now that Vince is out of the way. And that I would tri- hope so, because otherwise he's screwed. And that Triple H is more open-minded. And then they're kind of speculating even further that um, he would probably or possibly join Butch, because Butch, I guess, was abandoned no, by not. the Brutes. Nope. nope, Pete Dunne. And Bate was an honorary Brute already. Yeah, he got abandoned by Ridge Holland the other week. I didn't remember I talked about it. And then now nothing's come of that. No. Still no Pete Dunn. Like, why? Okay, we have two weeks left. Or like three weeks left. There I I'm going to be furious if my promise was not fulfilled. I was promised Pete Dunn this year and I'm not getting by who? I the news people. The news people <laughs> told me that. Right. And I have not gotten it yet. We're this close. I swear to God, we're this close. I will gladly bring Tyler Bate to do that. It just so that Pete Duncan heel turn on him and they can start feuding again. Cause there you go. that's money. And honestly, uh, if he doesn't end up on SmackDown and he goes to Raw, Tyler Bate's not a horrible pick to beat Walter. Would I pick Dragonoff? Sure. Would I also take Tyler Bate? Sure. Yep. 
he could be awesome on main roster if they use him right if they truly don't care about his size because yeah that'll big. be the real test but him airplane spinning some huge guys is always fun to see i would like to see if he could pick up bronson reed i think he did dabakato didn't he so. he did dabakato once I, I don't he could probably do you think he could take almost then almost and Dabakato? i don't know maybe not for like a super fast tons no. of revolutions but i'd like to see if you could get him up pick, there pick up uh bronson reed or like maybe otis Bron- Slash Legend Otis is, I feel like Otis is expanding rapidly. Yeah, I mean, Lash Legend got him up, so. Yeah, true. That's true. That was actually super impressive. That, I did see that. That was cool, actually. Say what you I'll will about her... Lash. That was pretty impressive. That, not like her promo this week, but. No. Uh, but anyways, let's get into talking about some wrestling, because I'm tapped out of news, and so are you, right? Bad week. It was bad, not a great week. Bad, bad week. But we'll find out if AEW was a great week because we will start talking about what we always do, which is this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Talk about Dynamite, my son. Um, Remind me what I watched. First thing I noticed this week was they were reusing the collision set. You did notice that right away. Quite strange, but I think they taped... Um, they taped Collision the Tuesday before this, so they probably just kept the setup because I think they're in the same spot. I think so. Because makes sense. This was Montreal, correct? I believe. Um, but yeah, you can tell from the screen setup it was Collision, and then also Collision's got that like really like wide and then long, uh, black like kind of glossy looking ramp. Yeah, it looks like it's almost wet. Yeah, yeah, or it's like it's like really shiny. Yeah, it is like patent leather. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, yeah, collision set on Dynamite, which is kind of interesting, I guess, for me and me only. <laughs> I, I noticed once you pointed out. Mm-hmm, sure. I sure. would have been like, it looks different. I probably wouldn't have been able to say that's the collision set. It, technically, it's also the Forbidden Door set from this year because they just did that. I was there for that. Did you know that? I was there, too. Really? I think. Interesting. I'm pretty sure. I seem to have some recollection of that. Yeah. Um. Although, I might have fallen down the stairs that... It was either me or that someone wasn't else. You. It was either me or someone else. I don't know. Um, but we kick off with more Connell Classic Gold League action. This time we got John Moxley, who's up six points, uh, versus Roosh, who's got three. Um, Moxley's Death Jitsu shirt. This time it says Death Jitsu and then it says At the Hard Cam, which I thought was really funny because these hoodies don't make sense to no. me, but I, I love them. Those are First, your favorite like, ones. It's, it's I want to get one um, because there's the Death Jitsu hoodies. I think it's its own thing, but then Moxley's got his own, which is like the long sleeve shirt that says the death jitsu pure garbage so i'd, I'd want to get both of those because i i like the hoodie but i'd like the moxley one too yeah i think it says blackpool on the back too which is kind of cool because people would be like why am i wearing a blackpool shirt true and that we've been enjoying this before you get into it we've been enjoying the tournament so far not that we've seen anything on collision but i don't uh, yeah from what we, we see nothing's missed so far i think oh, I, on, I just forget and then i don't have time and then i don't care enough and yeah yeah never collision, i have best yeah. of intentions and it's although just like, nah danielson andrade is this week so i feel like that's gonna get your attention for sure and then i was telling you on rampage um orange cassie's defending his title again against uh angelico which that's we are that's my intention because fns um, loves angelico i always say justice for angelico even though it'll never come but um any spotlight for Angelico is more than welcome yep. over here. Um, and that reminds me, I just I, I like the tournament all, but I think once this tournament's over, we need to get Cassidy back on track. Cassidy and Takesta and the Callis yeah, family. Yeah, Cassidy and the Don Callis family are kind of losing out due to the tournament. Like, mm-hmm. Cass, uh, the Callis family's on Rampage lately. Whoops. So that's weird. I also saw like Fletcher's got like red tights to match them now. It still says Aussie Open, so that's good. That is but good. it's just strange because I've only ever seen Aussie Open wear wearing gold and green. So right. that's strange. But that's a 
that's a um what do we call it a digression there it we go. is a digression um notables from the masters a chop exchange bit of crowd brawling uh really nice quick scoop slam from Roosh. it was nice you know the randy orton kind of style thing randy orton does the Roosh one okay how dare you <laughs> right um superplex from mox for two uh Roosh had a bigger superplex later on uh also for a two count mox is so dive to both barely beat the count back in the ring uh, Mox cut off a bull's horns with a big Lariat followed by a Death Rider uh, for a near fall. I I was, was happy Roosh got that. Uh, yeah, me too, but I'll kind of talk about that in a sec as well. And then right after, Mox choked him out with a sleeper. He did. Uh, to get the win. And so no Mox tap is, out. No, no tap out. Mox is up nine now. Yeah, um, it's funny. They brawled for so long in the crowd that commentary had no choice but to point out, like, wow, the ref's really lenient, right? Because it would have been, like, a 50 count. It is Roosh. Um, And then, but then again, like, later on, he does count, and they barely beat the count. Yeah, I was kind of, like, you could argue that that disconnect, but, like, with the ref leniency and and with Roosh, they had the thing signed, and maybe it was, like, a one-trial thing, but now he's, like, since they already did it too much, now you got to rein it in, kind of. Like, you could could defend it. And I liked Excalibur immediately afterward explaining that, this meant with Moxley winning Briscoe and Lethal will in must win mode. So that like adds a little bit to that was nice touch, each yeah. of their stuff, but a little too much brawling for me early on through the crowd and stuff. Um, but then I thought it settled in and was entertaining and really physical opener. I think it's great that Roosh got like a 15 minute match competitive match with Moxley. Cause I'm hoping this tournament sort of people get to see Roosh and go, man, this guy is pretty fun to watch. Right. And I, he did kick out of the Death Rider, and he didn't tap out, so that also keeps him looking really strong. And yeah, I'm just hoping that people sort of catch on to Roosh and maybe demand to see more of him, because I would like to. So I, I thought this was a good mm-hmm. start. I sound like a broken record, but another solid TV match as the tournament chugs along. Um, another really good one. I thought the crowd brawling was a bit of a diversion, but other than that, it was uh, really good and a hard hitter. Uh, Mox's Death Rider is taking some blows in the tournament, though, with Briscoe and Roosh kicking out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still surprising, and I like it. It does give a bit of a rub to both of them, but um, just with the ma- all these matches in such rapid succession, I would like it to be, like, protected. maybe a little more. Like, it is still protected, but maybe you pick one of them to kick out of it, because mm-hmm. I, I don't mind that bit, because it, it did surprise me both times, but just as long as it doesn't happen again yeah. kind of thing. yeah. Um, I liked Roosh's reaction to losing, though, because he, like, passed and he woke up and he was kind of like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. Uh, Moxie won as expected, but this was still uh, very nice. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, then we got a quick promo package with Jay and Jay, uh, that being Lethal and I wrote Switchblade, but that is, of course, Jay White. Uh, White says he looked up to Lethal when he was cutting his teeth in ROH, and he says things have changed quite a bit. Lethal set t- says to look at the scoreboard, and he needs this win. White says he's 1-1 one one in the Continental Classic. He's also 1-1 one one with his record with Lethal. Uh, and Lethal says he's backed into a corner. That's when he does his best. White says he's going to take the three points and the record b- between the two of them. Uh, it was really simple and short here, but I thought this was really nice. Adds a little something to this a simple tournament match, um, so I liked it. Uh, White is always great on the mic, so I, I never have a problem with him talking. Pretty much exactly what I said. I, like the Segments like this take almost no time out of the show, and they add some simple, nice context to we, what... And I, I appreciate it more when it's a tournament match because you don't need to... Right, have there's this already here. that. I didn't need this, but right. this helps me for yep. sure. And it's just like, oh, they have met before, and it's one and one, so this is or whatever, yeah, one and one, so it's like almost mm. a grudge match too. So I thought it was yeah. good. Commentary could tell us this, but I also I like it more when it's the, them talking better, right? 
Um, then we get Renee interviewing Roddy in the kingdom on the stage. Um, Strong was shouting Renee, and then he shouted Samoa, and then said Joe. Normally, it was that was really funny. Um, Strong said actions have consequences. He kept yelling names. Um, he claimed he's in the wheelchair because the decisions he made in his and this is his life every single day. He got out of the wheelchair. Uh, Taz said it was a miracle. Uh, miracle Jones. Miracle Jones. There was no Jones this week. No, I don't nothing think at to all. note at least. I didn't note anything. Uh, Taven shoved the wheelchair out the ramp uh, as if Zack Ryder was in there. Uh, and right. Strong said the wheelchair held him back for far too long. Um, I thought this was all right. Um, the f- funny part to me was when he said Samojo's name, he yelled it like Adam Cole, but he only sh- yelled the Samoa part and then he said Joe. Mm-hmm. Normally that's just like, that's when Roddy makes me laugh. He's, he's funny sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's just like, to tell us he's done with the chair now. He's going to start wrestling maybe, which is good, because I I, th- I saw he's facing Roddy Hangman next week. That's pretty nice. And he's probably right about MJF in the long run, right? That he's going to turn on somebody here. Um, uh, I I saw a nice touch at some point. I was the one time he was talking to Cole. He's like shouting, he's the devil. And you think he's talking about MJF, but he's pointing at Cole on the screen. So you never that, know. I mean, I still subscribe to the notion that it's Cole, Roddy, uh, O'Reilly in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That just makes sense. I heard but, someone say yeah. that it's it's kind of like I don't know if you I don't want to spoil Scream for you the first one in case you watch I don't it, care. but that it could I'll be forget. could be Cole and Britt Baker as like a tandem doing it. I don't like that Britt Baker's involved in this. I just don't like. Yeah, I would like that it gets on TV, but like I feel it like her up. she yeah. should do something related to the women's division. I don't think being involved in this would do her any favors in It'd just be the like division. they have a now a faction with a woman she's the woman in the i faction. guess yeah like julia hart yeah. although she is the faction now she's the only one that gets attention i now. guess um but yeah i agree this is solid uh it just gets him kind of uh, back on a more serious track but there wasn't much to this no, i, I kind of lost focus i was kind of trying to great. tie it back to things with cole but i didn't really get there no it just kind of felt i don't know i didn't love it mm-hmm. Renee is back on the scene this time. She's outside MJF's locker room. Uh, Hangman Page walks by, and he was talking about how he couldn't fly for a few weeks after uh, Full Gear because he got hit within the back of the head with a cinder block and choked unconscious with the chain. He Because Swerve's a mad lad. He is. Um, it's crazy. It's been, like, what, three weeks, he said, since that match? Mm-hmm. Like, that's wild. November just disappeared, I guess, because I was, felt like I was just witnessing that spectacle for the first time. And <laughs> here we are. This mm-hmm. time. Um, Paige said Swerve broke into his house and got near his son, so this is personal. He said Swerve beat him, and he can recognize when he's lost, but he said it's not over. He knows what, or sorry, because of what Swerve did him, he knows what Swerve wants most in this life, and he will make sure he doesn't have it. I'm assuming referring to the title. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. MJF walked out of his room um, to mock Paige uh, about his match with Swerve, saying it was them trying to fight to see who could get the most STDs. Um, they exchanged a lot of words. Um, MJF bragged about being for the Diamond Diamond Ring the first time, and Paige said he had to console himself with becoming the world champion. Um, MJF congratulated him on six month reign and while bragging about his reign for over a year. Uh, Paige said MJF will be seventy years old uh, by himself, telling his twelfth cat about his year long title <laughs> run. Um, MJF said he thinks Paige is the devil of everybody in the locker room, which. That was, I was like, pretty random. Huh? Like, maybe he's just lashing out, and that, that you can make that argument, but just on the surface, I was like, yeah, okay. Um, Hangman said, MJF's a manipulator, and it's probably MJF's that's the devil. Fair. Um, Smojo walked in saying MJF was his responsibility now, he saying that to Hangman, and they kind of turned to MJF saying they have other things to do tonight, referring to the devil's men, and that they don't involve Hangman, and MJF and Joe left. Right. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I love this. I liked it, but it's kind of like 
MJF being a heel, he's like picking a fight with a top babyface. I'm okay with that because at the end of the day, he's still this guy. Yes, and it's like little bits of heel bleeding and through. And yeah, he I like it help because it. it's him. It's the true MJF. I bleeding hope that's through. what it is. And well, cause I, like at the end of the day, he's still the devil. He's still MJF. It's just this is him. You know, Hangman took a couple of shots at him, and now MJF, his ego, that's still deep down there. Mm-hmm. He can't let that go and then let this here. And also, I love Hangman, so I'm just glad to see him back again since the almost match of the year. Um, this interaction was great because I loved all the callbacks to their history together. I love and Joe accomplishments. in it, too. I like Joe as well, yeah. Uh, MJF felt like regular old heel MJF as well, which we love. Uh, this wet the appetite for an MJF Hangman feud, which I would love. Um, that would be awesome. I saw fantasy booking that Hangman beats MJF for the title and drops it to swerve it all in. I don't oppose that, is all I'm saying, because that that could totally work. You know, Hangman, I I would I would love for him to get another one because uh, Mr. Brooks ruined that for me, and um, I agree. I love Samoa Joe's rule here because I think his whole stick of keeping MJF on track with his thing and the Devil's thing, I think that makes sense, and I like that. So it sounds like Paige's thing involved with Swerve. Kind of though, I feel like it's like something like he's gonna kind of, they're kind of long conning it because it felt like he's kind of moving on, but like he's going to get back at him one day. You know what I mean? Like, it's like an eventual thing. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. Because I was wondering if he stays involved with Stur- Swerve, and Swerve, the crowd loves Swerve. Is there a chance we could get a heel hangman somehow? I don't want heel hangman. No. I do and like hangman him as a baby perfect face, as but... he is. And I, I think Swerve's... There's Swerve, I don't want him to be a baby. So I don't care if he gets cheered, but he's so money as a supervillain guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's I, so cool is the problem, too. Not a problem, but, like, is the reason. He can do enough to get... He, he's so it's cool. It's just you got to put him with the right people. Yep. Like Hangman. Um, just don't bring him to Washington again, because that clearly disrupts everything. Speak of the devil, not that one. No. We get Swerve Strickland next, uh, who's got six points against Mark Burtzko with a big, fat, old zero. And the crowd is really behind Swerve, right? Even though he is an awful uh, heel. Pretty decently, yeah. But, I mean, we are in Canada this week, so they always tout that as Bizarro Land, which... But I also made a note that commentary don't talk about him like he's a heel either. Considering what he's done, they don't yeah, give him the heel treatment. Forgot. They probably should do that because yeah. I want Swerve to be a heel. It's like I they're love caught Swerve, up but... in the crowd the same thing. Like He's just so cool and fun to watch that we cheer when we see yeah, him. Yeah, but he's got to rein in. The, I think with the tournament, though, he, he can't be as heelish as he usually no. is because he doesn't have the embassy or Nana. He's not speaking on promos, but, I mean, he is a little later. But, yeah, no, um, Swerve's a great heel, so I really want him to stay as he is. Cause Me too. Even if he gets cheered a little, he's just... Babyface Swerve wouldn't be the same because he's just, I once he's, once he crafted this um, super heel character, it's just it's something else. Yep. Uh, there's a strike exchange on the apron. Briscoe falls Swerve around rings up with chops. A uh, nice suplex off the barricade from Swerve because his new thing is doing things off the barricade. Mm-hmm. I guess the pile driver on the barricade. That is still was amazing. Uh, corner high boot followed by a fisherman buster from Briscoe for two. That was nice. Uh, roll through flat on air from Swerve. Then he does like that leap up. Instead of hooking in a suplex, he just hits him with like a little roundhouse kick for two. Uh, Swerve counts a J driller, but Mark tries to reverse into a sunset flip. Swerve rolls through, hits a house call for two, which again, it's just, it's such a good kick move. It's just, it's perfect. Loves it. I love it. Um, Briscoe gets knees up on a 450 splash from Swerve, gets a near fall off a roll up. Swerve also gets his knees up on a froggy bow, a near fall off a crucifix pin. Uh, Death Eye Driver on the apron from Swerve, which seems to be like a somewhat staple of his moveset. I know he's done it a few times. Mm-hmm. I think he did to Hangman with the cinder block he did with Darby once because Darby's always going to do something on the apron where he hurts himself. Has to. 
Um, but yeah, so that's that's a nice staple of his moveset. And Swerve picks up the win with the Swerve Stomp, as always. Another really good back and forth tournament match. And again, like just that simple story of Briscoe needs the win to stay alive. And he, he, I kind of enjoy his style because he always comes across like he's trying so hard, right? Like I do effort, like that. Yeah, effort. like um, it's really endearing. Never like the biggest fan of Briscoe, but I will say I do uh, enjoy him for sure. In the role he's in, right? As like he has really good matches and the crowd can get behind him he's great to put up against the heel yeah um, which so is good for swerve because briscoe's crazy popular it's not surprising that swerve stays on a roll here briscoe has a good showing but nothing to show for it so mm-hmm. uh got like 16 minutes which is great filled with quality matches that are getting a bunch of time on tv so mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if i'm on board with the stakes involved in this tournament at the I, end of the day, I, I'm starting to care less and less about that just because the tournament itself is delivering. Exactly, there. Um, good matches. Yeah, and I think that I don't know the triple crowns. It's at this point, it's almost like it is what it is for me. Um, I'm kind of accepting that just because it could be it turned out to be better than we expect, but it I'm could. just the tournament's good, and so I'm gonna take that as it is. Yep. And the three belts are just kind of an added slight slight bonus. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, I keep repeating myself, but another really good TV match from the tournament. Um, Swerve never disappoints, and Briscoe's really good. Um, I, I keep saying I'm not a fan of him, but like I, d- I do like him enough. And in the ring, like you said, he's good. He always looks like he's got it's, a lot of heart in the match, you know. Is, and he's um, just different a little bit, right? Even he, the redneck kung yeah. fu. And the, the redneck kung fu is a nice little stick. Um, yeah, he's just got a different way about him. And he, like you said, he always looks like he's putting in the effort, so yep. I like that. Um, the style contrast was really nice. The crowd ended up getting really into things, which elevated the match a bit at the end because I think having a good, audi- good audience is really important. Um, so they uh, really picked that up. And I noticed towards the end that they were getting pretty hyped. Yep. Um, some cool spots, though, are like the parallel between both of them missing dives and getting roll-up roll near falls. Um, Swerve was always going to win this but as he's been on a roll lately, but this is still strong bell-to-bell. Uh, uh, it was unfortunate Mark had to be the first to ma- be mathematically eliminated, but someone had to fill the role. At least his matches have delivered. Uh, Swerve's up to six with Moxley, which is what we'd like to see. Moxley's my boy. I'll always love him. But again, I'm going to say AW's got to be ballsy and have Swerve beat him. Uh, that would do him I wonders would so. uh, as he's clearly on the rise right now. Again, I love Moxley. He's, he's my guy. But um, at the same time, he can, be, he can do wonders for people uh, mm-hmm. by losing. So when it's necessary, I think you got to do it. Uh, next, we get Renee interviewing Mariah May. She talked to Tony Khan about her debut match. She didn't say who it's against. She said tonight's about Tony Storm's AEW title, women's title defense. Uh, that was pretty much the gist of it. Just um, teasing a mystery opponent, right? Yeah, it was fun. And I getting was hope- her on TV. I was hoping for debut confirmation, but I guess not yet. Um, but she sounded fine. She does. She seems very comfortable. So mm-hmm. we'll see in the ring. Uh, next we get what we think is Samoa Joe and MJ versus the Devil's Masked Men. Um, Joe makes his entrance, then the lights flicker, then they go out. Then the Masked Men appear around the ring as there's some light trickery uh the lights go out again mass men are gone the devil appears on the tron then we cut to the camera catching up with an unconscious on jeff with a bottle broken over his head uh backstage as joe sprints to the back uh i don't usually love a bait and switch because it's kind of cheap but i think that makes sense here because it keeps the devil and his goons anonymous because like if they were in a match it just wouldn't really work out because they'd either have to get unmasked by MJF and joe or their styles would be mm-hmm. You'd be it'd be people would be able to point something out, right? So I I think this makes sense. Um, it was a good bait and switch because I did really want to see, what like some answers, right? So I, I was I was a little disappointed, but I did kind of like it, and I like that they were kind of messing with Joe here because this whole thing right now is keeping MJF hundred percent for this, and he just got baited to having Joe getting Joe away from MJF so they could 
beat the crap out of him. So mm-hmm. I did kind of like that. That was a nice bait and switch. Yeah, I my problem is the lights out, the control of the production truck stuff is really corny and a little bit. takes me out of it. It's retribution and scripts type stuff, which are both objective failures. Yeah, they're, just they're walking a thin line lazy. here because if the, I feel like if the payoff's not good, they will be grouped in with retribution. Yes, so that's a good point. If the payoff is good enough, it's all forgivable, right? But it's, if it's kind of bugging me a little bit. It's very cheesy. Mm-hmm. Very That's cheesy. Fair. That's fair. Um, then we get Moxley with the promo backstage. Uh, he was saying he's humble before God and his mother. Uh, just his mother. Uh, Moxley said he expected to be 3-0 in the Continental Classic, and he said he's the ace of the world. Uh, Swerve came in saying he's 3-0 too, that being wins, not points, obviously. Uh, both have nine points now. Uh, Swerve said he'll do whatever it takes, and Moxley says that's good because he will too. Swerve said he in Texas because that's where Winter's Coming is. Winter's Coming is not dead. Correct. That's good. So this feels like a fresh ma- fresh matchup that I really yeah, want to see. Yeah, it has to be. It has and to now be. there's really good stakes attached to it again from this tournament. And, I mean, I'd be fine... If someday they extend this feud and end, it'd have to end in some bloody stipulation match, right? That would. Be I feel awesome. like their Texas Death Match would probably be crazy. And the promos leading Moxley. to it would be amazing. So Moxley would have to be babyface because again, I do not want babyface swerve ever again. So this match just another gift from the tournament, and I, I will say I stand by my opinion from earlier that some people in this tournament, including these two, are beyond this tournament. So I don't know how you rectify that. I'm almost like, I don't want either of them to win the tournament because this feels like a step back. I want Swerve to win it. Cause I think it's something for him. I don't, I don't think that I, I think the title's think held up right now. now. I do, but the t- title's held up right now. There's programs for MJF to be working. I think this tournament it's, it is regardless of like I, the stakes are kind of wishy-washy, but it is a quote unquote big thing for him. Cause it's like this, I don't feel like it is though. The triple crown thing inherently. I feel like is. it's smaller than beating Hangman in that match. In a and way, it's a whole yeah. tournament culmination. I don't know. I, I don't he's know bigger what, than this. I don't know what they could give him that they that is big enough though, because the title he's not gonna be able to get it right now. I know, but and then wait till he can. Then don't. I don't want him pigeonholed as a mid card. Well, then what are they gonna do with him in the meantime? I don't know. That's the thing. You gotta do something. Have him with feud him. with Omega. This is something for no belt. I guess. Like, um, some keep him and have him win. But then after this, Osprey's coming in. And if you think Osprey's anywhere else but the main event, then... Yeah, I don't know. So... I just I don't, don't want Swerve to lose any momentum because I'm loving him I right think now. he could keep the momentum with us. He he could make it mean something. He could. He could. So there's that. Because Swerve, Swerve can elevate. If you give Swerve those belts and have Nana hold a couple of the belts and have Nana dance with the belts. Yeah. Like, something like that. Um, but I, back to this, I loved it. Uh, Moxie's great as always. I like the short bit he had before Swerve came in. Their literal interaction was perfect. Uh, Swerve comes across so cool. I like they're both just going to stop at nothing to win. Um, and there's some nice stakes here with both of them being undefeated. Swerve needs to win here, though. I love Moxley. I always say that. He's my number one guy. Always has been. Uh, probably always will be because I've just always loved the guy loads. Uh, but um, I'm signed out. Okay. Um, but <laughs> Swerve's another favorite of mine. <laughs> he's on fire right now. Um, He's doing... He's great, and I think I saw, like, a draw would be kind of acceptable here, but I really think the right move is for Swerve to win. I think maybe you could do these guys have a draw right here. They both get their one point. They both go undefeated, and then they you have another match to decide because mm-hmm. I think one way or another, Swerve deserves to beat Moxley here. I think that's 
regardless of how you feel about the end goal here, I think beating Moxley is an, a good way to keep Swerve's momentum. Because Moxley's he's, he's made dare already. I say he's the guy in AEW. Because he's been there since pretty much day one. He's been their go-to guy, The Rock, when stuff like goes to crap. Um, and so, I don't know. I think that would be really great. Um, but I'm looking for the match a lot because these are two of my favorite guys. Maybe of all time, but definitely right now. For sure. Um, so, this will be great. I'm The whole time I've been talking, it's only just loading now. So, I'm just waiting for it to well, load. I can talk of, about get us started on what's next because you didn't... Oh, it's, you didn't get the reference anyways. Yeah, you can do it. Because next is Tony Storm defending against Sky Blue. And we'll just talk about, men, remember Ben Mankiewicz coming, doing yeah, a little... Yeah, yeah, He did an intro for Storm. Uh, and it I was... Didn't... So I actually watched some Turner. I'm really cool, so I record random old movies, like decades old. Yeah, I'd love to know how well Turner this went movies. over, because I know you get it, but I'd be curious to know how many people did, because it just it doesn't seem like a... It, I mean, I could be wrong, but just based on how you're making it sound, doesn't seem like a thing a lot of people watch. And and something they do is they'll like go on a stretch of a certain movie stars, a whole bunch of their movies in a row, and then this guy will come out ahead of the movie and talk about whatever their legendary status mm-hmm. and what they did and stuff so that's what this was treating tony storm like just leaning into the gimmick even more that she is this i don't know yeah movie it was star. a nice little bit for her i guess but yeah um it was lost on me um next time we get tony storm against sky blue absolutely yeah because remember last week we were trying to figure out who her title match was against and then i just saw a lot of posts later and i was like oh it's, it's sky blue and she's permanently ditched the hat for the crown i think she's gonna circle back around to being in aligned with julia Hart. Pro- probably which i don't care and i don't like that but probably that feels like it's still to me it still feels like something. even though they're trying to like. make it seem like she's moved past that but i think that little crown's gonna come into play something yeah and she's still doing the weird makeup which it's yeah. just it's weird also her theme i hate it it's just like i can't understand it just don't sounds super metal and i just no. like i never like that Metal and just like the was it like death metal and speed metal, speed metal and like this metal in general like the, it's too much for me, or like I don't know what genre other genres are similar, but I've seen like some Screamo. on Instagram <laughs> where like it's these guys doing like a metal cover or something or whatever, and it's just like it's so much yelling and it is it's a just lot of yelling. like stop, <laughs> you know how many times um because I've seen the the one post from the one band, like, because it comes up on my, mm-hmm. like, the Explore feed, and it's just, like, how many times when they're singing their mouth is full, wide open, it's just, like, you cannot, you know? Yeah, you could not. Um, Some notes from the match. Uh, So Sky Blue's on the apron in Storm, like, and uh, sitting on Luther's shoulders and, like, throws her off the apron. Yeah. kind of weird. Not my favorite spot, but I feel like we're going to keep getting it. Probably. Or stuff where they involve Luther somehow, this or whatever is his name the is. Best now. thing Luther's done because he's not making weird faces and not wrestling. So there's that. And I feel like he looks like ten years younger somehow. <laughs> yeah. Because remember, Luther made the weirdest faces. He was always like pointing at the, the paint mm-hmm. on his head and doing like ah, with his tongue. Mm-hmm. That's a great noise for the podcast. You're welcome, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then remember the one time he wrestled on the Jericho anniversary dynamite. Yeah. We hated it. Yep. Oh. Uh, that's the only time I remember actually watching Luther wrestle. I did not enjoy it. Because I'm pretty sure the rest of the time he's been on Dark or whatever. It just seemed really immobile, running me like PCO or something. Hey, PCO bit. does moonsaults. I don't think we've ever seen Barely. A, I don't think we've ever seen a Luther salt. He so. does PCO salts. I'd like to see a Luther salt. So mm-hmm. um Luther, get on it, bud. Um that's Canadian. Same bud. I usually don't. I, I usually don't. Um Sky Luther cross body for two. I always get like weird typing like 
so I wrote Diamond Crossbody from Blue. That just, it's always weird. You my boy, Blue. Yeah, it's just weird. Um, Blue hits a hip attack in the corner, followed by a face wash boot. Um, that was actually pretty good. It um, was. She did it like uh, Storm, so that she was did pretty a, good. Yeah. Uh, Code Blue for two. I was telling you, it's one of those moves where it just, the person, like Storm looks stupid waiting hunched over for it, you know? And I don't think it's like the stomp. The curb stomp usually works better, but this it's like, She's standing in the middle ring, hunch over, and this guy was to come from the side and like do this weird spin over. Like, mm-hmm. you could just do the code red like a normal person, and it would look better. There was the one time, what was it at Full Gear, which where it looked, it looked awesome because it was fast. And I yeah, don't. she needed to hit and it quicker. She didn't do it from this. She did it like Statlander tried to power bomb her. Remember? And yeah. She, like that's better. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you do it the so worst far. way. That's the only good one I've liked. And then there was the one. What was it against Red Velvet? That was like remember really really bad. Yes. Oh. Anyways, uh, superplex and a hip attack from Storm. Uh, Sky Blue countered a Storm Zero into a Jackknife pin for two. Then Storm reverses it into a pin from Rome for the win. After the match, Riho's back. Yay. Yeah, Riho comes out and. Um, I'm gonna sound like the type of wrestling fan that generally annoy me, but I'm not sure if this Storm thing is a championship gimmick. The more. Like the Luther stuff and the going black and white mid match. And the more stuff they add, the more I'm like, this doesn't feel. I'm not saying it's not enjoyable, but it doesn't fit your No, and you were definitely more on board with it at the beginning. And then I, I kinda, was. I'm, I kind of like, I started off confused, then I kind of like, then now I'm kind of going down on it a little. And I, then if this is the case, which I kind of agree with you, I feel really bad for Sheeta. Yeah. Again, I. I'm still of the opinion I think Storm would have benefited from losing. Mm-hmm. And Sheeta just gains nothing from that title. Her run. losing would have almost explained her like snapping and going crazy. Yeah, and exactly. That's what Storm. I was saying. And Storm winning did nothing for Storm, really. And like lost everything for Sheeta. Sheeta got entirely screwed there. Where's Sheeta been? This, I this is not elevating the title for no, me. No, this isn't right? elevating the title. It's not so, It's not even elevating the division. We started out by saying, like, it was good they're pushing someone and trying something new with her. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like... It's not paying it's off ki- so far. It's kind of not working. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what to say. Uh, the match was fine, but I it was pretty unspectacular. So uh, Sky Blue is still far from amazing. She had one match I liked, and she's still not great. Storm was solid, but not her best worker because Sky Blue is not a quality dance partner. Um, doesn't benefit Storm a lot that she only beat Blue by a roll-up. Like, that didn't mm-hmm. do her wonders. Uh, Riho returning again does nothing for me. Never been a huge fan of her, and I feel like they do this every now and then where she randomly returns because she was in Japan or something like that. Um, Excalibur said the outcast took her out, uh, last, but I legitimately have zero recollection of that whatsoever. Yeah. Like, I'm only remembering now maybe Storm faced her at Battle of the Belts, I think, mm-hmm. but I don't even remember if that was Storm or Jamie Hayter. Like, I legitimately do not know. I don't either. And I'm pretty sure I just blocked it out from my mind because I said the words Outcast and Riho in the same sentence, so I guarantee I didn't care. Yeah. Like, I thought the final few minutes of this were decent. Better. Um, Blue has some decent move, but it's like, I, like I always say, like the stuff between the stuff. It It's like... I'm watching a person acting and behaving like a wrestler rather than watching a wrestler. I don't know if that if that's yeah. probably just an experience thing and a getting comfortable thing, but I'm like keenly aware that I'm not watching something real. She's just like super unpolished. And Rio, like if you're an FNS listener, you know that's not moving the needle for us. We don't really have a big problem with her, but in this case, like what's wrong with elevating somebody who's been underused and on the roster the whole time yeah and instead of trying with shida you want to bring back riho right and furthermore 
What's Riho's deal? I don't get much explanation with Riho. And speaking of hater, where's when's she back? I don't know. We need hater. I kind of forgot about her. She's we, we yeah, she's need cool. Hater. Yeah, no, this was I was gonna say something else and then I forgot, but it probably doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Uh, next we get Edge and Christian's promo package. Um, they covered their history with some old photos of them. Uh, Christian talked about being held back by Edge, who got everything Christian didn't get. Uh, he said he's here to be the best, and everyone else is expendable. Uh, Edge said Christian threatened his kid's future, and now they have a problem. And he will take what Christian values most. Christian said he's the face of TNT, TNT and AEW now and forever. And Edge has Montreal sees some fights over the years, but none like this. Uh, this is also spliced together with clips from their previous segments. Yeah, Christian's an amazing heel. I don't think they've established Copeland as a baby face that I should care about. They're just completely relying on everything WWE rather than giving him any time to do anything here Christian that is, might be different Christian or interesting. Christian flushed out for sure, but Edge definitely needs something other than that they've been lifelong best friends. and Right. Because that is heavily relying on other stuff, and this is one of the things where it's less alternative like and it feels which is worrisome it feels more wcw like bringing them over and all the history is everything they've done everywhere else which is also worrisome i've yes. seen some people saying that and i kind of want to brush off the notion but sometimes it's kind of hard to ignore it so it's a little concerning for sure christian promos are amazing the rest of this it fine i guess it was a solid it was a solid package christian was entertaining as always and it's not a lot new for anyone who knows but um, it was solid, I yep. guess. Uh, then we get Connell Classic Gold League once again. Jay White, who's got three points. Jay Lethal, who's got none. Uh, they are facing off both Jays. And I was just saying, even though he wouldn't be around in the tournament because there's no interference, but uh, I sorely miss Juice Robinson. He's uh, just a little shining bit of light <laughs> in my week, and he's just not here. He should be back doing like promos and he stuff. He should soon. do promos. As soon as he can travel, dare, maybe. I would much prefer that than like nothing, because I I'm, I miss Could Juice happen. Robinson. I I love Juice Robinson. Uh, I probably the only person who's talking about Juice Robinson when he's gone. But damn it, that's what we do here. We talk about people who people don't think matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done that many times, like Kip Sabian and Tyler Rust and uh, etc. Anyways, uh, hip toss followed by a car wheel and a drop kick from Lethal. He tried it once before and he didn't get the drop kick, but then the second time he did it, he did it really nice and fast. Strings so, it together really nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Uh, that's a Kushida move as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, for some reason, I just thought of Kushida being serious in jeans, which is funny. Um, lethal combination from Lethal. Uh, diving elbow drop for two from Lethal. Uh, white hyper extends Lethal's nephew in the corner, followed by front transfer suplex in the corner. That looks really nice. It did. Um, Brain Buster from White for two, which is also pretty Great. nice. Looked really vertical. Chop Exchange. Uh, White was able to hit a sleeper suplex, which is also a really good. Yeah, move. it looked awesome. Um, the finish came in. So after a series of counters, White cuts off a lethal injection attempt with a chop lock. So he was kind of targeting the knee a little, right? Um, then he goes for a Blade Runner, but lethal counters with a roll up. White rolls through and he sits down a pin to pick up the win. So lethal's also mathematically out, I believe. Mm hmm. A really good match. I the finish was a little underwhelming for me. I thought it was a little because it was pretty similar to the women's yeah. finish. Although I did like this one better, mm-hmm. so I thought the counter 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 was nice. It'd be um, nice to see like if they're gonna have Lethal lose all the time in this tournament, which they clearly are. I'd like if it sort of changes his character. Somehow, get him out of that faction, and absolutely. he does something different, right? Um. I think Jay White continues to give opponents a lot. That's he, what I thought. I thought maybe he didn't get enough in again. But he still finds time to get stuff in, and he his does. stuff looks he really does. cool. And I'm sure other people 
especially since he's kind of new to the company, appreciate somebody, in my opinion, who could be a top guy giving so much to other people, right? So mm-hmm. another really good TV match, as mm-hmm. you're going to say, too, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, another strong TV match. Uh, with my only complaint being that I think maybe White didn't get enough in again. I think he did get some good offense in towards the end. I really like his stuff, but... Um, I don't know whether it's just the match booking or White is just, like you said, willing to make his opponents look good. But I feel like he's had a few matches in the Dynamite where I just wish he'd get more in because he deserves to be looking like the top guy that he definitely is. But um, I do respect if that's his choice um, to give guys a lot of offense. And I think he does make them look good. So there is always that. Uh, regardless, both of these guys did well. I thought the finish was well done. The role reversal is craftier than the women's match we just had. So I think it was similar but better. Uh, even though Swerve should take the whole thing, I'm glad Switchblade is at least still in the running behind mm-hmm. him and Mox because um, I wish Switchblade could win in another circumstance, and yes, but yeah. I think maybe if you could have taken Swerve out of this and given it to Switchblade because I think Switchblade, it would be a better mm-hmm. hold holding pattern for him. I agree. And then He's you could sort of not else. on an upswing right now. Yeah, because he just had his title program, so it's, it's a little right. different for him. Not that he's not a top guy because obviously Jay White is fantastic, yep. but... Um, he just kind of he's on the downswing, right? Just as you kind of are when you're out of a title program, it just yeah. kind of makes sense. Uh, then we go to our main event, which is Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland uh, for the TNT Championship, and I will refer to him as Edge from here on out because I only type I probably Adam will Copeland. as well. I only type Adam Copeland when I have to. Um, Christian Cage is alone as Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus. Kill switch. Luchasaurus. I was saying that he his fin, Luch, Christian's finisher should be called the Luchasaurus now. It should. Um, but Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne are absent. They are all um, alone, Christian. All alone for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian attempted a little blow early on, but or, sorry, Edge grabbed his hand, placed it on the mat so he can stomp on it. Uh, Pete Dunn does better. Uh, Christian pulls Edge in the turnbuckles on the side. He hit his neck off like the actual turnbuckles. I thought that was pretty it, well good. done. Um, side rush and Lexi from the middle row from Edge. Education DDT, uh, set up power bomb from Edge for two. Christian leapfrogged over a spear, really nice, and then he hit a Luchasaurus for two. Um, Christian goes for a spear. Uh, the ref gets knocked while Edge was ducking out of the way, which would look kind of weird because they didn't exactly catch it. Even commentary, like we didn't see it, sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Uh, and C- Christian just like as the refs kind of like hunched over, he just straight up kicks in the nuts to make sure he's not. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was kind of funny, just with it was little to no hesitation. Uh, Edge ducks a belt shot, then they both go for a spear at the same time and collide. So I thought that was kind of looks good. Yep. Uh, Shayna Wayne comes down after hesitation. She hits Edge with the TNT title. Uh, Christian then hits a Luchasaurus again, uh, puts the Edge's face on the belt and stomps on his neck. Uh, then when the ref wakes up and Christian scores the win. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. Good main event, not my favorite style of match. And I assume that they're also saving a few things for the inevitable bigger match, right? That we'll probably have stipulations on a As long pay-per-view. as Edge doesn't win the title from Christian. I know. I don't want that either. But I feel like he's got to get his come up. He can and... be Christian, but like, why isn't like in, in the build up? Just have Christian lose the title to someone I like. Yeah, maybe. And as a person who loves AEW mostly for being an alternative to WWE, this is not what I'm looking for in a it's main It's creeping event. a little towards the thing it's supposed to be different from. Even though I am currently loving Christian, this still is not. What I need I Christian would against someone who's more AEW. Yes, exactly. So. And, and then I wanted your thoughts on the finish to this in terms of like, I hate to use this term because, again, people annoy me with this stuff. But is it overbooked? I don't think so. I didn't hate it either. I don't think I remember you and I are and like. I So like at first we were we kind both of had like. That. Why, why is why there is, hesitation? But, but then I, yeah. it kind of made sense to me because then I was like. 
He almost so killed I'll, her I'll, son. I'll kind of talk through it here, right? Yeah, because so Shayna Wayne being conflicted. Um, also, Shayna Wayne is just funny because it's just how similar mm-hmm. sounding that is. But um, it confused me for a second why she's conflicted. But then, like, once you think of it, you can totally understand where she's at right now because Christian is Christian. He's unbearable. He's insulted her to great lengths. Uh, he's corrupted her son uh, and disparaged her that dead husband. That has never hurt him, I guess, Right. Physically. And then Edge concertoed him, like, basically, we'll say, like, not snapping his head, but like giving a head injury, we'll say mm-hmm. right in front of her, mm-hmm. uh, with no regard for her, her even being there. So there's that, right? So there's Christian being himself versus Edge is like, you know, like almost killing of her son, basically right in front of her. So yeah. it didn't make sense to me at first because you would think the easy move is she's gonna hit Christian. Why would she hit Edge? But then it kind of makes sense. So I actually did like that once I thought about it because it makes sense for her. Because especially if you're a parent, just I feel like. The mental state there would be like, you hurt my child. Yes. I'm going after you. Regardless if she like is siding with Christian or not, because that's what I was a little lost on after is like, I'm wondering if she's going to go full heel or if it's just because to get back at Edge. Yeah. Um, either I could see going either way, but I thought she played a role well once again. Like for a non wrestling so uh, person, she does really well on yep. TV. She seems to do uh, pretty good. So I, I like this. Um, I thought the finish was good. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, emphatic win for Christian as expected, which is what we like to see. Yes. Uh, keep that title on him. That was nice. I liked he kind of was uh, posing with the title as well. Overall, I um, I like the show. The tournament matches were good. I don't think the main event was my favorite match on the show, I would say. No. I might have no. liked a couple others better. The tournament was definitely better. Yeah. So uh, Mox Roosh, good. I like that. Um, I don't know. This show's feeling like a... I'm going to go a good solid B, I think. The women's match didn't do much for me. There were no like amazing segments, I didn't think, this yeah. week that were... I, some I really like the good Hangman ones, MJF so. one. I think yeah. that's pretty sweet. And we got a little bit of swerve and whatnot. So uh, I thought it was a B show. Mm-hmm. Quite good this week. Not um, amazing, but good. So yeah, a solid main event that was at least built to. I think that it did yep, feel like a main event. True. I think that was the best thing I can say about it. And a good finish there, but definitely not my favorite match. Um, My favorite one... I don't know. It might have. Uh, who did Swerve face again? It Brisco might have been Swerve, Swerve and Briscoe. I think it was Mox probably Briscoe Swerve. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, too. But the opener was really strong as well. And uh, Jay versus Jay was nice. The women's match was the letdown. Um, I thought the devil angle was solid. Um, I really enjoyed Hangman and MJF. I really enjoyed Swerve and Moxley. That's who it was. <laughs> um, the Roddy thing was okay. Uh, I thought we had a couple of solid packages here. I was a little higher. I, I would give it a B plus. I nice. thought it was a pretty solid show. I'm glad. Uh, all in all. Nice. Okay, well, that wraps up our Dynamite review. We're going to move into a little bit of trivia next on a segment we call Off the Top of His Head. All right, I like my idea this week. So let me pull up what I did here. We're going back to chat GPT. And I said, can you describe these wrestling moves based off of their names? So I give them the name and they just describe it. So I'm going to give you the description. Some of them I think are pretty decent. And that's why I thought you might want those figures to like go step by step okay. as it's uh, just not on not the hard surface of the table. Whatsoever. Bring that towel over as cushioning. So here you go. Ready? The wrestler starts by facing their opponent who is in a standing position. The wrestler then hooks both of the opponent's arms behind their back, typically placing one arm, this is a detail I don't agree with, under the chin and the other over the back of their neck. While the opponent's arms are secured, 
the wrestler bends them forward at the waist, positioning them face down and parallel to the mat. The wrestler, agree? yes, that's what I was thinking. Very okay. good. It's just no, because when you're talking about hand over the yeah, that... and I was like, so then I started thinking like a sleeper, but then I was like that. No, but I was thinking pedigree honestly when you said arms behind their back. So, so I I got it, but I was just trying to wait for more. So now you see. get how it goes. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. Next one. The wrestler starts by facing their opponent, who is typically in a standing position as well. The wrestler then reaches down, grabbing the opponent around the waist or under their shoulders. Lifting the opponent onto their shoulders, the wrestler positions them in a fireman's carry oh. with the opponent's body draped across the wrestler's back. Typically how the fireman's carry works, yes. Yes. With the opponent in this elevated position, the wrestler rotates their body and swings their opponent off their F5? shoulders. Correct. That's what I thought. Nice. I was thinking either F5 or AA, so it just depended on the next. So the final steps there. As the opponent is propelled forward and upward, the wrestler transitions the movement into a spinning motion, turning around and releasing the opponent midair. Pretty decent description. Yeah, considering I'm getting it fairly simply, I think that's good. This one I think you'll get for sure. Um, The wrestler typically approaches the opponent who is usually on the mat or in a vulnerable position. Using their hand... The wrestler extends their fingers and places them into the opponent's mouth. Mandible claw? Correct. Okay. And then it was applies pressure to the nerve using fingers, et cetera, et cetera. That can't be really much else. Um, here we go. This one, I don't agree with their description. We'll see if you can get there. Okay. There's only four steps. The wrestler starts by standing face-to-face with the opponent, who is typically in a standing position as well. The wrestler then hooks one of the opponent's arms over their shoulder and places the opponent's head under their other arm. With the opponent's head secured, the wrestler grabs the waistband or tights of the opponent, lifting them onto their shoulder. The wrestler then falls backward, dropping to the mat, simultaneously drives the opponent's face and head into the mat. So driving face and head into the mat, I agree. Falling backward? No. Falling forward, I think. RKO? No. So I would say you have it beside them and you sort of hook and then you both fall forward. Like I think. Skull coaching finale. Yes. Cuz they I have it going backwards, right? I was not at that whatsoever. No. I was thinking cuz like I was thinking Cuz when it says the wrestler like, then falls didn't you backwards. Say over his shoulder. They don't fall back. That would be Nobody a Russian falls backwards. They both fall forward. And the over the shoulder part. That didn't make sense to me. That's So lost. they're weak on that one. I tried to get it to do drill claw, but I don't think it did it right. So I, I didn't include it. Because it was saying the wrestler then grabs the opponent's head, placing it between their thighs and similar to a power bomb. That's not correct. No, at the end, sure, his head's yeah. in there. but like. Okay, so here's the next one. The wrestler typically climbs to the top turnbuckle or another elevated position, such as the ropes or the ring apron. From the elevated position, the wrestler faces the ring and the opponent who is usually lying on the mat or positioned in a way to receive the move. The wrestler leaps off the elevated position, performing a forward flip while simultaneously rotating their body one and a quarter revolutions. Phoenix Splash? No. The objective is to land with precision on the opponent, hitting them with the full impact. 630? No, too far. 450? Correct. That's what I, th- I thought. But like the one and a quarter just made me think it was like 630. Uh, this one I thought was pretty good. The wrestler starts by positioning the opponent who is typically in a standing position in front of them. The wrestler then lifts the opponent onto their shoulders in a fireman's carry position with the opponent facing outward. Instead of executing a standard fireman's carry slam, the wrestler transitions into a modified electric chair position 
with the opponent's head still tucked under their arm. The wrestler then jumps or falls forward, driving the opponent's head and upper body into the mat. Simultaneously, the wrestler can add a mid-air rotation, turning 180 degrees so they end up facing upward. Not really. So elect this was the I think the most telling part. I'll read it again. Instead of executing a fireman's angel? carry sl- Yes, you got it. How is that fireman's carry at I, all? The, it was the transitions into a modified electric chair that's helpful. Yeah, but for me, there's no fireman's carry in there. That's what disoriented me. <laughs> I agree, and that's why I was trying to stress the next part of that like, instead. He just lifts them up in an electric chair and then he's done. Yeah, like he the... usually just gets under them and stands up. Yeah. He I doesn't fireman's carry. I don't know if he's ever done it like that. But you still got it. Good yeah. for you. Uh, I tried to do Death Rider, and it was like Death Rider is a term associated with Moxley, but not a specific move, so... That's not... You're dumb, Chachi. That's partially true. I mean, it used to be the paradigm shift, so maybe if you did that. Um, So this one says, climbs to the top turn... They actually use this move they associated with one person, ChatGPT did, who I don't. He probably does it, but anyway, so I'll take the name off. Typically climbs Uh, to the top... I'm curious to hear that after. Typically climbs to the top turnbuckle or another elevated position facing the ring and the opponent. From the top rope, executes a backflip in midair, rotating 180 degrees. As he completes the rotation, he extends his body horizontally. Moonsaw? No. And it says, re- it says rese- no, resembling an a blank, but that'll give away. Frog what, splash? No. Resembling, Phoenix splash? No. Resembling an arrow. Oh, black arrow. And they said that who does it, typically? Literally only pack. It says Will Osprey. Uh, maybe, but okay. I don't. It mentions I nothing can't. about Pack. If anything, um, Osprey's got the leap of faith. That's a different thing. Right. Okay, next one. There's a couple more. I think I did 10 or 12 or something. I'll go till the list is gone. The wrestler starts by standing over the opponent who is usually lying on the mat. The wrestler takes one of the opponent's legs and bends it at the knee, raising the foot off the mat. Calf crusher? The wrestler then crosses the bent leg over the other leg. Figure four. Correct. <laughs> the, next, the next thing I was going to say was forming the number four which I think I would have skipped over to make it a little harder. Uh, all right. This one I was a big fan of. I don't know if we'll get it right, but uh, sets up the opponent by grabbing them. So tag team maneuver. Okay, I'll give you that. Grabbing them and positioning them in a front face lock. Not sure if that's accurate. The other member of the tag team performs a running, jumping knee strike to the back of the opponent's head, stunning them and bringing them into a kneeling position. This is the helpful part. Simultaneously, the member holding the face lock drops down to the mat, driving the opponent's face and upper body into their knees. That part is the only part I visualize correctly. I, so I so what that. would it be when you're driving your knees into someone's upper body? Code figure. Okay. Was the That's the second part of it. Shatter machine? Yes. Okay. So the first part didn't sound right? No, because this... they, didn't they say front face lock or something? Yes. Which that's not... I agree. That's why I'm trying to focus on the part that makes sense to me, because it probably makes sense to you, too. But you got it. I was not thinking right for a bit. I tried to do uh, Buckshot Lariat. It wasn't very good at all. (laughs) So this one, I don't know if you'll get. One member of of the tag team lifts the opponent onto their shoulders. Other member of the tag team climbs the turnbuckle and ascends an elevated position. The member of the turnbuckle then leaps off and performs a diving blockbuster driving the street sweeper yes they actually noticed they did i was surprised did too. they say fireman's carry uh 
they or they did, just said on their shoulders. I I said on their shoulders. They said fireman's carry. That's, so I cut they that don't, out. That's not they don't know what a fireman's no. carry is. No, Last street one. sweepers, perfect. This one was just for laughs. Um, typically sets up his opponent by performing a boot, which is a high swinging kick with his right leg. Hogan's leg drop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it said, after delivering the big boot, bounces off the rope to gain momentum. Extends right leg, drops it across opponent's throat. And then it says, while performing a leg drop. <laughs> I wouldn't have said that part. <laughs> so, wait... What's he doing while performing a leg drop? Then he's just extending his leg and dropping it while he's doing That's a leg right. drop. So I don't know. I thought you did a good job, and Chat GPT was it was did mostly okay. Yeah, but then a couple just they things um were up. literal. Or, sorry, they were a little liberal with the use of fireman's, fireman's carry. carry. Yeah, that'll be our new running joke. Anytime <laughs> anyone does anything, it's just a fireman's Get carry. Get someone up in the fireman's carry. But anyways, good job. I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, anyways, we will shift gears back into talking about the week that was in wrestling. And things we liked and didn't, whatever we watched, it's high spots and rest holds. All right, so you're just double-checking raw stuff, and you said there wasn't anything super interesting. Shayna Baszler lost to Nia Jax, which you love. Yeah, and Punk was talking to SmackDown, which I also love. Yes. I love both those things equally. So I'll get into some NXT then and then some Impact, and you were actually around for some of each of that. Impact was boring. I've though. also been checking out MLW pretty consistently right now just because I'm curious about this big old 80s-style faction that I forget the name of that they've got going on with everybody in Hold it. On. World Titan Federation. There you go. Oh, yeah. It's uh, the WTF. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so clever. Uh, but anyway, so NXT this week, we go straight into the Women's Iron Survivor Last Chance Qualifier. So everybody that lost the qualifying match gets one more chance. Because they suck so bad. So it's Roxanne Perez, Thea Hale, Fallon Henley, Kiana James. And we start out getting a recap of the fact that James and Perez just can't stop brawling every time. On site, like as the like, kids say. Ever since she lost the title, Perez's only thing is that she has feuds where she can't stop fighting people. And she's not just an innocent little kid. She's, she's someone who can't now. stop fighting people. Yes. Um, will they be able to focus in this match? That is the question, oh, right? In so. This match. I thought it was interesting. They go after each other immediately as it starts, and the other people pull them apart because they don't want them to fight and beat each other up in the match. Exactly. Supposed to fight and beat each other up. It's not like you, and it's not like you could say, "Well, they don't want them to take a pinfall." Well, I don't think it's believable that in the first four seconds they're gonna get well, a yeah, pinfall it's not off like a it's brawl. Security, where it's their job to. So I thought it was strange. Yeah, it does not make sense. Uh, we see Lyra is Valkyria that is watching TV backstage. I think... oh, I thought it was the other Lyra. I think not incorrectly, if I remember. Anyways, I'm not <laughs> sure. So there's a door behind um, Lyra, and you know it's those doors that have like the rectangular window in them. And through that window, you can see, I think it's Tatum Paxley. She's doing like a creepy she's thing. Here. She's creepy and spooky now. Um, she's creepy and spooky now. Nice. And I think she was lurking in the background of NXT at some point last week. I don't think I mentioned it, but I'm pretty sure she was there. So anyways... Uh, as this match goes on, we have all four brawling on the floor after Hale dives onto Perez. Kiana James uses her bag on Perez. I guess there's no DQs in this, right? And then throws Perez into the barricade. We get a Tower of Doom by James to Henley and Thea Hale. I think Hale was on top. Henley in the middle and uh, James on the bottom. Perez is clearly trying to show more fire here, and it's a conscious change because commentary are also mentioning that to us, of course. Manufactured. She clears off the announce table at one point, and then she and James get on the barricade, exchange strikes. They both fall off 
and crashed through the table. I don't know if it was supposed to be someone delivered a move to somebody, but it really just looked like they both kind of fell off the barricade or stepped off the barricade through the table. But I guess it was a spot. Back in the ring, Thea Hale gets a roll-up for a near fall before Henley hits the Shining Wizard. I thought that looked really lame. She has a name for it. I didn't catch what it was. And uh, Henley picks up the win after 10 minutes, which is kind of what I thought. And I think she could actually win the Iron Survivor. I don't know if they want to tell that story, but she's been interacting with Lyra. And it's like that respect, respect. I'd defend you if you were the one sort of thing. So they can go face face in that route. Anyways, I thought all four women in this are solid of some of the women that are in NXT. So... I thought it was entertaining enough. It felt fast. Uh, it could have been longer, probably. It had a memorable spot, I guess, with the table. No real glaring mistakes. The pace was almost frantic, which wasn't a bad thing. And I think Henley makes sense as the winner because, again, she's been dealing with Valkyria a little bit. And she could end up winning. Then we get, after a Lyra-Valkyria-Lola Vice brief interaction, Wes Lee is uh, kind of... Are they doing the thing with the contracts, like the money in the bank? Because remember Melo did it and it was weird? Yeah, I don't know. I still don't like that. I know, that they can do whatever they want with it. Well, it's, it's not money in the bank. I know. Like, uh, it was weird. That was 2.0, though. So it's a surprise because Wes Lee is shown using a crutch backstage heading into a commercial break. And then after the break, he's in the ring cutting a very heartfelt cr- promo. He's going to need back surgery. He has no feeling in his legs excruciating pain he cries the crowd is like silent because they know this guy is probably just being truthful at this point and it sucks because he's been on quite a run in recent nxt he doesn't know when he'll be back but he says they return to cement his I legacy saw his age 12 months which is yeah pretty, that's pretty crazy. gnarly so dom comes out and it's a great time for him because the crowd hates him in general and they're really like and it's like tensions, are, tensions are high right now yeah, yeah. Uh, so he says that his back hurts too from carrying the company for the past two years, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, He figures he has the night off now at deadline because Wes is out, but of course Wes sort of interrupts him and tells him that he'll still be defending. And then Rey Mysterio comes up on the Tron and says that Dom will be defending against Dragon Lee with Rey being in Dragon Lee's corner. Because, I guess. And then Dragon Lee shows up in person. Dom narrowly escapes a powerbomb. Uh, Vest, uh, yeah, you're right. Vic later tells us, Vic Joseph, that um, Wes will be out 8 to 12 months. That's Fe- pretty wild. Feel really badly for him because he he did hit his stride as a singles competitor this year. For sure. Doing like that fighting babyface stuff, right? So Second th- rate George Cassidy, but that's okay. <coughs> Using that mute button today. So, um, Again, good use out of that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love that they took the opportunity to have dom come out and pick up some real heel heat out of this that's really good timing yeah. yes um and it's not like ambrose saying something about roman reigns leukemia because it's not actually hurtful right and i don't i think dragon lee's a fine replacement at least he's got recent nxt yeah time. i was thinking they kind of already did this is. and it should be a good but like does he win do you think i felt like wesley might win because dom i don't think i thought wesley would win but then again that's partially because wesley's like there's like kind of the story there because he got cheated yeah the title, so and i don't think dom's with doing dragon much, lee but... i don't know dragon lee also just got called up exactly so it's like are we really gonna have the north american title on a different main roster show yeah either way it's on a main roster guy so it kind of doesn't work. i would honestly i would 
rather keep it on Dom. That I, I'm not saying that's my me thinking who's gonna win, but like I just think it'd be better to keep it on Dom just with Judgment Day. I think it's time to move it off of Dom, but I don't think this is the place to do it with the fact that it is. Just yeah, Dragon I would say you could, there. if it was someone else, I would do it now. But I think you just kind of wait it out. Uh, so then we go Kiana and Perez. Guess what? They're brawling in the trainer's room now. No. And I forget her last name, but Izzy, she's like the tall blonde. Izzy that Dame? Was, yes, Izzy Dame. Good. Oh, wow, in I the first round of the tournament. So Ava shows up and says she'll get the match official by Saturday. So this, I was telling you, is two, two weeks in a row. Where when, Ava, what did she do last week? She Something else where she went and talked to Shawn Michaels. I don't know. Or, or she came out and was like, I was just talking to Shawn Michaels. Why she's just not creepy and weird now? Is that so? Th- it's good? gone. They're just positioning her. It feels like as an authority figure or adjacent that's a to real, it. I was telling you that's a really strange pivot. But I think, and I told you because she can't wrestle. Yeah, that makes sense. But, but like, she's Rock's kid, so I'd rather just have n- her as like a manager or something. Because an authority figure is a really weird. They can't just not use her. I think is the uh, problem. that's fair. Because I was gonna say it's. I would. I would honestly just train her a lot. Because if it's your first fourth generation wrestler, they're gonna maybe she's not picking it up. I don't know. Maybe. But anyways, I find the way she speaks really off-putting not to be mean. Not just because of her. So I'm not a fan of her in like a frequent speaking role, but that looks like what we're getting. There's even further evidence, I think, later in the show. So all of the men's breakout competitors get a couple of seconds to hype themselves up as loud music plays in this little segment here. So I need a sip of my water, sorry. Sipping commencing as I stall for sound It purposes. is. All of these household names. Riley Osborne. I think there's some hype around him. Don't know who that is. Keanu. Ke- I didn't write what they said. It was all pretty generic. Keanu Carter. Tavion. That's a, that's a generic name right there. Tavion Heights. I have seen him. On, these all came right up. out of the WWE name generator. They're on. Oh, yeah, for sure. Tavion Heights is a weird name. He's his thing. His Instagram handle is the Olympic kid. So he's a wrestler. dude. There you go. Um, I have seen that he's been on level up a bunch. Dion Lennox. Luca Crucifino. We know. We know him. The attorney. Trey Bear Hill, which was like a That's Native American thing. Bad name as well. Uh, looked like a big guy, I think. Miles Bourne, who we know. Who's right part of Gulak's little group. Gulak and Dempsey. And yeah. Oba. Oba Femi. Oba Femi, who, who we've had, seen before. He looked kind of cool. He squashed uh, Oral Menta pre metaphor. Right. It's because, like, I don't want to be that guy, but like, I miss old NXT because when it was cool and Carmelo won it. Cause, like, I don't see any Carmelo in this field. There was no Carmelo one. But, like, because that one, if. Like, they were mostly outside. Like, there was. Blake Christian was in that one. Mm-hmm. I think. Was that the one where Briggs was in it? I remember the matches in that one not being very good. Mm-hmm. But at least it was like. There was some guys who felt like they could win. Like, there's just when it's complete unknowns, I guess that's part of the point. But breakout doesn't mean you have to be like completely unknown. Agree. Like, breakout means you're ready to break out. Not that I've Mello never heard of sense, you before. Because Mello had been there a little bit before. Yeah. And he was known for his indie work. But then, yes. like, he could use the tournament to break out. So now it's just like, and yeah, so it just, there's a bit of a disconnect for me. And Perez, it also kind of made sense for her to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just. I don't know. There's I don't like when it's just all these unknowns. It is very unknown. We'll see how it goes. Then we get um, Tatum Paxley taking on Lola Vice, and Paxley is in fact doing this new creepy, crazy woman thing. I, still I guess. don't understand why she's doing that. I don't either. I, there's been no explanation. I don't think we're just Shocker. supposed to notice she's doing it for now. Like sky blue. <laughs> Although, except pretty much Paxley didn't get misted. So bunch of basic stuff. Paxley hits a power bomb out of the corner. Crowd is not interested. I put in brackets, understandably. 
Bunch of Lola kip, kicks, hip attack, sudden spinning kick to the head, and Vice wins in four minutes. Paxley sits in the corner and, like, strokes her hair or sniffs her hair or something as Lola Vice set, uh, celebrates. I thought it was a little rough to start. Got a bit better. Some of Lola Vice's kicks actually look pretty good. A lot better than um, Petrovich, who's kind of doing the same thing. The one with the sword. Like, I'm a shoot fighter who's now here fake kicking and they look really fake but anyways, her names are okay because it kind of sounds real i guess at least they're trying to do something new with paxley but i didn't find it very interesting at this point it's just like oh wow she's crazy now <laughs> um and then you get axiom and nathan fraser kind of joking around uh backstage or something axiom says maybe fraser got what he deserved last week because remember he said that he to dragonov that he agreed that corbin's life mm -hmm. was better than dragonov did not like that no, so not. this kind of fires up nathan fraser axiom said maybe they could have a respectful fight later on in the show, which is the plan. And it I was the plan. I'm getting these inklings of a Fraser heel turn and maybe not yeah. in this match, but like a step or two in that direction. And he needs to do something different. But like with his whole offense being like, I'm incredibly fast and high flying. I don't know. They could make it work, I guess. I hate to be that guy, too. That's like, well, his offense isn't very heelish because neither's packs. Right. I guess. Although Pac, but Pac does have heelish offense. He does. So that's the thing. Like he balances out. At, yeah, he balances it out at least. I feel like now, honestly, him too. most of his stuff is. I forgot he got injured. He should have been in the tournament. That yeah. would be cool. Didn't he get injured again though? I'm sure. It was like right after Blood and Guys. Uh, so then we get good old NXT Anonymous caught Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams hanging out, and everything seemed fine. And then Trick leaves and texts Melo texts somebody. Now, I didn't make the connection to why this was important until they actually said so later. So I was like, okay, big deal. And it seemed kind of weird. Like, oh, my God, isn't it suspicious that Mello used his phone when alone in the room by himself after his I friend walked out? I would never. I'm sure you've never had a friend leave your immediate presence and then gone on your phone. No, that I don't do that. That that's, would never that's happen. That's weird. So they kind of shoehorn it in. Like, that's what my line says. He texted someone while he was alone. What the audacity. A, what a madman. Uh, so Joe Gacy's now in the front row and screaming at Vic Joseph, telling him that we they we love you, Vic Joseph. We love you. And that's all we really got. Of, I uh, saw the ring belt thing. It Gacy. looks so weird. It, yeah, it was strange. So then we get Alpha Academy taken on the metaphor. So this is uh, intergender. Is that what they call it? Six person mixed tag or mixed something. tag because yeah. you've got maxine and lash right and then and then the boys right. obviously yeah. and then the boys so thankfully they start out with dar and gable because that's our best shot here gable gains an advantage and dar immediately wants to tag out obviously to mensa so then gable dominates mensa mensa scrambles to the corner tags in lash uh lash and maxine only wrestle for like 90 seconds before otis gets in and runs wild and hits a double suplex at some point Gable then suplexes uh, Dar, like flips him right inside out off of it. Otis flattens Dar with a nice looking back elbow, coincidentally enough. Mm. And then awkwardly, quote unquote, catches, like almost drops Oro Mensa and slams him before hitting the worm. And then I have, but Lash tags in and body slams Otis, question mark. That was mark. pretty crazy. It was, she did it pretty well, pretty man. Smooth, like yeah. it, easily the most I'll, memorable I'll thing Lash has ever done. Mm hmm. Probably That's, the best thing uh, she's ever done. They'll go back to that clip a million times, I'm sure. It's a good clip. Maxine click, kicks Lash off the apron into Otis's arms because we've got to further the Otis likes Lash and Lash is like... Because... Because. Exactly. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, Maxine jumps onto a pile on the floor, leaving Dar and Gable in the ring alone. And he Dar goes for the Nova Roller, but it's countered by Gable pretty nicely into an ankle lock, and Noam Dar has to tap, which I figured this is how they were going to have Dar lose without uh, losing the cup. Eventually. So it was 11 minutes long. I thought it kind of over-delivered. I'd never seen Maxine wrestle. She wasn't terrible. She, like... Nothing really to laugh at. I don't know if she is a wrestler or not. I assume she's not. But Maxine, well, it's like Gable was training her for a while, so she's kind of wrestling. It's like she's Zelina Vega, I feel like. She can do a few kinda, things. Kind of, yeah. That's that's a fair comparison. Lash think. didn't do much, but the body slam was awesome. Um, thought it was pretty frantic and fun. Otis's lame antics are not my thing, but it wasn't too much of him, I guess. Earlier this week, Gallus are not happy because Hank and Tank are in Gallus's pub. So they buy Gallus beers and want to talk business, and Gallus are like, you have until we're done the beers to talk, and then they're basically like start chugging the beers, obviously. What, when did... Oh, that was in the one of the Thor movies. That, that, that's what I was thinking. Hank, uh, so Hank and Tank want to get to the next level, so they want to pick a fight with Gallus, <clears throat> since they're like, you've done it all, and blah, blah, blah. Well, they've Ga- done it all. They held the titles once. And we're big deal in UK, I guess. I don't, UK titles, that's all. I guess. That's all there is. That's all there is. I. That's I. That's in wrestling. Maybe there's the two bar things. Is too low. Yeah. NXT, NXT UK and NXT. Yeah. That's, that's all. It. That's all you can do. Tag team. No they, singles. They've done it all. None of that singles nonsense. No. That that's for sissies. I mean, even then, Mark Coffey won the Heritage Cup. So boom. True. All. Gallus agree to face them next week if they leave the pub ASAP. And uh, you know what? Hank and Tank are pretty believable in this role as like the young guys that are just looking they're they're kind of comfortable yeah exactly then we have eva again furthering my greatest fears right now she's speaking to hbk or she says she's she spoke to hbk we don't see it and she got the perez james match to happen and it's a cage match and even the way she talks here like the way they scripted it for her is like cage match is like every aid, uh, sorry, WWE authority figure. So I think this is happening. They're all the same except for William Regal. William Regal is the best one ever. I'm yes. gonna stand he by is. that forever. So then we get this is where you join in. So you're the okay. Iron Survivor Challenge Summit with the women. Oh, this was bad from what I remember. And who My hosted just to just to make you love Byron it? Byron Saxon. Cause he why? was rough here. Byron's pretty rough, and it's like because. His thing in when he was on commentary for it was like he's always the punching bag, which like, it and it's never funny. And so he rambles quite a bit explaining things at the beginning of this, and I'm already annoyed. Like, it's get weird. into so it, it already. Like this multi multi person thing, but it was like so structured because it's like the summit. Yes. So again, like the participants here, each each one, and like you can respond quick if someone calls. So, that's all. It, that's exactly my summary of like, that formula. Why is it? So structured. That's pretty basic. So it's Stratton, Legend, Davenport, Jordan, Kalani Jordan, and Fallon Henley. So basically, as you said, everyone... Kalani Jordan's really annoying. Every woman gets a chance to speak, and then there's a little bit of a back and forth with one of the other women, generally, every time someone speaks to finish. I thought Stratton sounded pretty good. Basically, she'll be a two-time champ, whatever. I like two-time Tiffy. That was nice. Kalani Jordan did not sound very good, but she's super new, so whatever. It's fine. She's with Mello. Um... Lash is actually entertaining, I thought. Showed some personality. And then I put then the bell rings, but I mean. She also made a really weird, like, shriek at this. uh, That's coming up. Don't worry. Davenport brags about putting people on the shelf, and she sounds fine, but she's been ringing that same bell for a long time now. That's all she, like, all we know about her is she attacks people in the parking lot, and she's a heel. 
Yeah, and attacking people in the parking lot NXT does not make you special. Does not. Henley sounds the most fired up. I thought she sounded pretty good too. Her she last line was really corny though. I hated it. It was. I forget what it was. She said, "Um, William, women who stay silent seldom make history." And then she said, "Oh yeah, uh, something to me." She's like, "Yeehaw, bitch." She said, "Bitch." So Stratton insults Henley. Lash screeches really that loud, was and Jack is annoyed. Really annoying. Oh my god. I this is where that. I add again. That Bi- reminded me of Shotzi. And I add again, Byron is terrible because he <laughs> says something there that annoyed me. And then we get, yes, yeehaw, bitch. Henley attacks Stratton. A brawl breaks out. I tried to be nice, and I said, I guess this gave some inexperienced women a chance to speak live. I don't know if I want that. But it wasn't very interesting. No Do one you bring back promo classes or something? But no one got enough time to say anything interesting, and then it's like, oh, what a surprise. They all brawled to finish. Shocking. Yeah, and the brawl... They would never do that again. No. Not, it's very novel. Not I think two that's more the, times. That's the first and only time it's happened. Yep, and it's the first time. It's the only thing, time it'll happen ever. Then we do get, not really, Axiom versus Nathan this Fraser. This disappointing. I, I was wondering, like, why are these guys starting out so fast? Like, they were just a mile a minute, as they're capable I of. I mean, it like, for them, it, I guess it kind of makes sense. So there's but. a few counters because they're familiar with each other, and then a double boot takes them both down. The sliding through the ropes German suplex was cool by Axiom. And, and this moonsault to the outside was really clean. Huge moonsault to the outside. And there was a nice anti-air super kick by Fraser kind of to the chest. Uh, but then as this thing is getting rolling, the Iron Survivor Challenge women brawl their way down the ramps awkwardly, right, as you and do. And decide to brawl into the ring because, like, why Why would you stay backstage where you can easily hurt and injure someone right. with a bunch of random foreign objects? Why not go to the safe place where you're supposed to fight? And then the bell rings. There's The match is thrown like, out. Frazier and Axiom are just like, oh, shit, people are coming. We're going to go out of the ring and let them fight here right. instead of having the match we wanted exactly. to do. Exactly. So, uh, and then at the final, the cherry on top is Nikita Lyons is back. And she spins kick Davenport on the ramp because Davenport's the one that took her out. And Jack says, you stopped the Axiom-Fraser match for this, which I thought was quite an accurate statement. I mean, it makes Rio's return look fun. It's like, hey, two amazing wrestlers having Who a, have a ha- super a fast history of having match. great matches, too. Uh, nope. Here's Nikita, Nikita Lyons. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, cool. Thank Thanks. you. Awesome. Thanks, NXT. Yeah. Uh, Chase U addresses, sorry, Andre Chase addresses the Chase U student body. This is boring. Yeah, it's kind of like he. So basically, he's the one that put the university in debt with his. You were gambling, saying maybe he's like covering for Hudson, Duke. although I Hudson's was, not playing the role like that's the case. Maybe that's the point, though. I like, guess like Hudson's actually a jerk and and is thinks it's funny that this guy's yeah, or like because he was joking about selling his trophy and then he was like He'd trying to get people help so that like they could get maybe just so then they could cover and no one finds out. I guess because I would like it to be Duke's fault because it just makes sense because yes. the whole poker gimmick he had and chase i don't know turning heel doesn't make sense but i don't no, know because he's like so basically chase use under academic probation right and what was it any of the students who joined the university since the incident no one of, oh it's jc jane jc jane lose their financial aid would that be jc jane then maybe I, that's what i'm thinking but only she even her. enrolled though because if not her no one notable has enrolled since ever Thea hale or bodie hayward but bodie yeah. hayward's gone so he owes hundreds of thousands of dollars and he's going to dig them out and get things back to the way they were. And then members of the student body make dumb suggestions like 
car washes and bake sales. That was the thing I was forgetting. And then uh, some student with Jason uh, Jane kept raising her hand and but like Gondratus was ignoring her. I thought he was going to come back to her at the end, but then he didn't. And then some guy stands up and makes a suggestion, and Thea Hale is like cartoonishly in love with him immediately. Which is weird. I think it, is where they're going. Didn't look at like anyone notable. Like at least pick someone who looks like a wrestler, so then like we know he's gonna. Yeah. Like he didn't look like a wrestler. He looked like an no. extra in a movie. I feel like this storyline is too big a swing for this group. Like they kind of left their lane of having like quirky little fun. Yeah, because you're liking it for. A while. I liked it a lot as mid card stuff, and now this is like they're trying to step up and do something bigger, and it's kind of doesn't yeah. make sense yeah. really. I didn't like it. We'll see where they go. I'm interested to see. I'm not going to give my opinion. The Lexus King little promo. I didn't even write down what he said. Do you remember him giving a little thing? Yes, but I don't. I can't remember what exactly it was. But what did you get? What's your impression of him? Eh. I he's, he's like fine. on the cusp of go away heat for me right now. Like I just don't want to see him. Whether speaking or wrestling, I find him lacking. I, uh, most of all, I just don't like looking at him visually because like his his he's got like this. Bleach white hair, then yeah. this normal looking mustache, then this extremely fake looking trimmed beard. Like his look is super just, manicured. His, his head takes you for a roller coaster loop. Like <laughs> it's just it's all over the place. So as a member of a mid card tag team in AEW, I thought he was fine. Honestly, we I, never loved him, but we never hated Brian Pillman. And Jr. as a we'll singles guy getting focus and a chance to speak every week, he's not working for me. Maybe it's just like this thing too. Maybe if he was in a different thing, he could maybe. maybe do okay. Then we get the last chance qualifying match for Iron Survivor for the men, and that's Carmelo Hayes, Tyler Bate, Eddie Thorpe, and Joe Coffey. One is is not like the others. Early on, remember there's that spot in the corner where we're like, what are they doing? There's a long, boring superplex tease for no real reason, and it just took too long. Yeah, Bugged Bate me. and Melo. Uh, Coffee hit a spine buster on the steps to Thorpe at one point, and medical have to show up after Thorpe had been like suplexing people all over the place. Uh, we get an anti-air headbutt by Coffee that you liked, followed by a couple other headbutts that, that looked good, pretty yeah. solid. And then, long story short, Tyler Driver ninety-seven to Joe Coffee, and Tyler picks up the win. Bate gets on the mic and talks. Dijak comes out talking. Uh, he takes out Thorpe on his way to the ring. Then Braun comes out, then Briggs come out, then Trick, and they all talk, and then they brawl as well. So, very novel idea to have them brawl here. Very. Who would have ever thought of that? It was super interesting, and then Fresh. They, now, but you, they wouldn't come back out, right? No, That's never. stupid. That, that's no, it? That one, Two no, brawls one is plenty. Happen? No. There was some good action in this right before the finish. A couple of sloppy bits early on. I thought this was probably Thorpe's best showing before he got taken out on the steps. Um, but like the women earlier, no one got to say very much here and everything was pretty generic, right? So it's like, you get a line, you get a line, you get a line, brawl, repeat, copy, paste, and we're out. Mello gets Ava to do something for him. Um, we don't know what it is. Then Trick wants to know if Mello texted King to attack Trick. So there they had to make that connection for me. Like... Why are we Which worried about mellow texting? Because the yeah. then we. But like you could have made that clearer earlier, so like you can at least infer. So Mello uh, denies that it was him, and he says that not only is he not working with Lexus King, but he will defeat Lexus King at deadline to prove it. So hooray for that! And then Trick, this got some ooze from the crowd, right? Trick is kind of serious and gets close to Mello and says, "Mello will open the show, and Trick will close." I the thought show. that was kind of cool. That was a good line. I thought so too. 
Um, Dragunov and Corbin have a sit down. And I just in general, I like the contrast of like uptight, intense Dragunov and ultra laid back Corbin. I really like Corbin. I think this is the best work he's done. I am enjoying this as well. Even I don't know what the in-ring payoff will be because he's not the best. He's not terrible, but Dragunov could probably pull him to a really good match. Dragunov says Corbin has crossed the line talking about his son and he will pay Corbin basically like doubles and triples down on the sun thing, right? And he's oh, yeah. trying. He went, he went hard into it. Trying to antagonize Dragonov into attacking him. Did they say like he couldn't touch him or something? I didn't pick up on that. Well, because why was he trying so hard not to kill him? Because he want. Um. I think he kind of tried to explain why, but I didn't quite. And I'm trying to remember. It was like, what? I don't know. <laughs> it, I, I think tried. it basically comes down to long story short he's honorable and wants to defend it and not kill him beforehand but so it, it okay, really flies Corbin trying to goad him didn't it really feel like there was a no touch clause and if you touch him you, you lose the title sort of thing I really wish there was because AEW did that with Swerve and Hangman it worked perfectly because there's remember those whole debate with Nana yeah maybe of Nana I think if that was here, if that was explicitly stated, if we had a mediator that wasn't Byron Saxton, yes. I think then this would have worked perfectly. I liked it other than the fact that we, why wouldn't he just attack him? You know what I mean? And plus, other than that, it makes Baron Corbin look more like a badass because it's different if he's antagonizing a guy who can't touch him, but he just looks like a badass here because he's just stepping right to him. And I really liked it. Right? I did like that. Because but... at one point he says like, I can walk down any street in the world and not because he even says like, because I'm just that bad. I can talk to you like this. I can walk down any street in the world and not look over my shoulder. I thought he sounded awesome here. Um, but then just to copy and paste further, all of those same <laughs> men come brawling all the way down yeah. the ramps into the ring again. And then I just have people speared through a table by Braun. I don't even know uh, who it, two of them, I think went through. and Briggs. Right. So I, Corbin's actually pretty cool here, right? But he's Corbin's not winning. Actually enjoyable, yeah, yeah. No, but he's doing some good work here. The I build to this has been good. Him coming back here was uh, beneficial. I yeah. think what for him probably the cousins maybe. Um, yeah. Who else? Not Apollo because he just came. No, went it back wasn't and did beneficial nothing. for him. Uh, Becky, no, that doesn't count. Uh, I don't know who else. Uh, Becky would maybe count. I think Zia Lee could have be helped Zia if she Lee, came back yeah. longer. I'm trying to think. Like there is people. Some people benefit. I'm just trying to. I'm struggling to think. For sure, me too. But anyways, Corbin is looking cooler than usual here. Uh, then Impact, which was again, like I have a few notes here on Something Impact. Pointless. Joint show with AAA, and this sounds mean, but I'm gonna say it. It really showed me that I'm not really missing anything by not watching AAA, which I'm sure is the exact. We tried it once, and it's just like. And that's the a opposite of, of this. Random lucha stuff, you the, know. Yes, the it's opposite just... of the point of this. I'm sure they're like, "Hey, we'll show them AAA, and maybe they'll come watch us." No, I'm just like, "Nope, not missing anything," because Vikingo is really cool, but I get to see him without watching AAA, right? Yeah, and I don't know if I'd want if I need to see him regularly because he's like he's a spectacle, like he's really cool, but. He he's not much other than being cool. And you watch some of this with me. So one of the things that super irritates me is the aggressive sponsorship placement. The mat, the Tron is constantly the, changing with ads, I, and if that's the it's hard camera side, yeah, it's constantly ads, and then it's just like it's not. Either, I don't even know if there's any show graphics. It's just yeah, constantly that, and then it'll play the entrance videos, of course. And also thought if Impact's trying to shed this in image that they have. This is 
really not good because this looked really low rent. You know, I think show. Just... I thought especially with the fans sitting on the stage, like that's an indie thing, right? And it's like, another non-canon week. Like, it's another non-canon, like bridging right, yeah, the this gap is... to TNA showing. TNA up. they better really change their image because they're like this looks really not. Like and why did what, they do, are do they consider like are what number three in America or something like that? But like this done this felt like an over budget indie. And why like the timing? Why did they announce it so early and then do nothing? Like I don't know. It's like they've just been like Meh. I guess. So then there's like an excuse for all this non canon bull crap. And in addition, like I was telling you, watching it, Lucha style's cool when it's a part like a variety of styles or one little spot on the show. But it's a show like mostly the, Lucha is too much for me. It's like you don't need the pure turning. Like it's like. Yes, pure, pure, too pure, much. Pure, pure, pure. Um, and then all of the segments on this show were just clearly filmed in the hallway, like could have been on a cell phone, to be honest, with poor audio quality. So it made the show feel even more unimportant. That was probably the only thing that was like somewhat canonized. And then absolutely no story to any of this, right? Yeah, so even when the action's good. Yeah, didn't that one guy talks good, and wrestle twice? Yeah, I feel like these matches three people just... wrestled twice, which is Lucha's style. They do Yeah, that. but like... I guess it to me felt like it was taped or whatever. It felt like when we went and watched Smash versus whatever it was. Progress. Progress. It's just match, 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 match. No story other than he's representing. And ironically, his wasn't that when we sat on the stage? Yes, we so did. So it's also similar in that regard. So really quickly, Chris Saban. Also, when we saw Ozzy open. Chris, we did talk to them too. Chris Saban and Trinity in the Oper. That was weird. And also, I saw her. She won with the Bubba Bomb, and then she just rolls them. Yes. So. Dumb. It was Dynamico Again. and Chick Tormenta. Again, you would want to land on your ass. Like, that's comfortable. So Tormenta hits a Unless fireman's carry. Uh, uh. <laughs> slam goes for a double stomp off was the it top. A fireman's carry slam? Yeah. The Trinity moves out of the way, hits a super kick, and the full Nelson bomb, as you would say. The bubba bomb. Fine, I guess. Um, you all know probably how I feel about Trinity. Not a huge fan. Dynamico seemed kind of cool. Tormenta. Yeah. I did... saw Impact's Instagram called them the glow guns. T- yes. Tormenta did not look good, I didn't think. There's a couple spots that were suspicious. Um, then we get a triple threat with Eddie Edwards. Mestizies, I think it was. It's M-Y-Z-T-E-Z-I-Z. And I already forget how they pronounce it. Versus seen him Latigo, one of the ones that would double shift on this show. Mestizies had a really cool crucifix bomb coming off the top rope. Um and a power slam followed by a shooting star press as well onto Eddie Edwards to actually pick up the win. Better than the opener, this Mestizies or whatever it is looked pretty cool to me. Then we get Dragon Laredo Kid taking on Brian Myers and Black Taurus. The parts involving Taurus facing Laredo Kid were really good, uh, but the parts with Tommy Dreamer were not, obviously, as that is the case. Uh, Laredo hits a Canadian Destroyer followed by a Sunset Bomb for the win. After the match, Dreamer puts Tarus through a table in the corner, and Jack asks why Tarus. Yeah, why is he teaming with Myers too? Like, and why, like they they already give this guy nothing. Like he just got like basically bitched in his own country. Too. <laughs> right, exactly. Like he can't catch a break, I guess. So Moose and Toxin are then taking on Josh Alexander and Octagon Junior. Um, Moose runs up to the top rope, goes for a cutter, but Octagon catches him with one. But then Moose just hits the spear to Octagon for the win. Pretty good action in this. I, to this point, I thought it was the best match on the show. Not that I'm really loving anything, but the crowd actually got into this because most of the show, they were pretty quiet. You pointed this out. Tommy Dreamer implies, basically, that there's no more Impact episodes. Yeah. He How said, did he... like, 
He was just talking about Final Destination, like, last Impact show ever. And so how long until uh, the pay-per-view where it switches everything? When's well, that? Well, okay, so I'll I'll put it this way. The, well, so as of the recording of this, it'll be tomorrow, but so we'll, this is coming out on Saturday. Well, actually, no, technically it's Saturday now. Mm-hmm. So today, December 9th, is the last, or sorry, is the last Impact show. There's, like, what's still a few weeks left in the year. Yeah. And then, um... Uh, let's see. TNA Hard to Kill 2023 is uh, January 13th. So it'll be like uh, let's at least another month. Of just filler or nothing? Like filler what? or nothing. That's what's implied to me at least because he's saying yeah. the last Impact show ever. So it kind of like, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. And the main event was the best match on the show. Pretty fun. It was Motor City Machine Guns, El Hio D Vikingo. I first thought it was Kushida, so I thought it was Time Machine. Trey Miguel and Los Vipers, which is Latigo and Toxin. So Latigo, Toxin, and Saban all were on this show twice. And they tell us that's a Lucha Libre thing. Um, Really good action. Stacked babyface team, right? Though All three of those guys are awesome. And a pretty good heel team. Uh, Vikingo hits a Phoenix Splash from kind of the second rope outside in to Trey Miguel for the win. Like the things always Stark did, but better. Right. A lot of talent in this match. I thought it was the best one on the show. There was some good wrestling on this show. It's just, again, nothing felt like it was really important. And even if I did find some AAA wrestlers interesting, which I did a couple, it's not like I'm going to seek them out or anything. So uh, Impact, I don't know if what they got out of this, AAA, whatever, some exposure, I guess. But it kind of felt like a non, another non-canon show as they're just filling time until TNA one, too. comes like, back. It looked like low budget. And the crowd was not very energetic. It was... I mean, except for I didn't when... Love it. Um, oh, there was a women's match, but I fell asleep not because the women weren't good. It's just like, I think I fell asleep even as the intros. It was Perrazzo and somebody, so I missed that one. Was there a baby a peach or whatever her name? What? Papache. I don't know. She's, someone I don't know she's the only women's wrestler I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen her before. Yeah. But anyways, that was it. Um, You said you didn't have... The, obviously, SmackDown just happened. You said there's nothing good figuring this week. Um, So I guess that's going to do it. Yeah. We coming in at 145. Nice. So that's it. 177's in the books. We will um, we'll be checking out Deadline. Probably not live, but we'll watch it. We'll probably review it quickly next week at the front of the show. And then hit all the usual stops that we do on our flagship Saturday shows. Appreciate any time you took out of your week to listen to us talk about wrestling. We'll be back here next Saturday for 178. And until then, everybody, take care.